Hello, W6N, report my signals. Report my signals, over. Octopody. Octopody. Welcome to Octopody. I'm your host, Ed Hall, and this is a brand new podcast for Bond fans. Octopody's kind of a light-hearted look at 007, where I suppose the Bond supervans, you know, a host of us, take newbies and longtime fans through the movies of the world's most famous secret agent. Together, we're looking to find a place for him in the modern world. We'll talk about the good, the bad, the funny... We'll discuss the plots and the massive plot holes, the mishandling of political correctness, which is in abundance, and obviously the manhandling of gender dynamics. This is a kind of a reassessment of the 007 films and a look into kind of what lies ahead for him. And obviously being a James Bond fan isn't exactly the coolest thing to admit. He's a flawed character, particularly in 2019. Bond is a difficult character to openly support in the Me Too era, but we're really here to poke fun at the the kind of world of Bond and and take a light-hearted look at at what he's all about. So, the pilot episode today is a discussion with a friend of mine, Alex Creamer. No, ain't that nice. I like people whose friends are people. Who I tasked with watching Dr. No, and I want to talk to him about what he thought about the film and uh, his perspective as a kind of non-hardcore Bond fan, more of a casual fan and actually someone who's probably not watched a Bond film in a good few years. So this should be a really fun conversation. So strap in and I'll join you at the end. Man, I hope you know what you're doing. I think the last time we watched something Bond-related was... When in one of our exchanges where we used to do documentary visits, yeah. I remember you did Chicken People, which is a recommendation. Uh, which was a correct me if I'm wrong, it was like a documentary about people who like use it's like the crufts for chickens, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. my choice was the George Lazenby Bond documentary, yeah. So, was that like did you know anything about George Lazenby or that era of Bond, or was that kind of like completely new to you or I think I knew I always knew the different bonds and I knew there was a rogue one in the middle yeah. as I did I knew there was a rogue, a rogue bond <laughs> a, a bond and rogue bond movie as well yeah yeah in the middle because I remember watching that when I was a kid and thinking this is weird why has he got grey hair and you know all that yeah. sort of stuff so I, I think I knew of him but I didn't know any of the story yeah right so it was kind of um, it was a good notch on from the chicken people yeah. <laughs> all the chicken people's great yeah so that was the last kind of bond related thing that we've we've done and obviously I keep my bond kind of fandom under wraps most of the time so this is yeah. like you, you, you've got a rare insight into yeah. my secret life um, but I wanted to kick off with um, a couple of questions uh-huh. uh, that you might have the answer to or you might not Yeah. so the first one was uh, what was your first Bond film if any if you can even remember what your first Bond film or your first kind of you know introduction to Bond Yeah. I was thinking about this I don't know I don't know if you can... It's like saying, when was your first McDonald's or something? Like, can you ever really, like, go back and pick it? Because it's on TV yeah. all the time growing up, True. so you're already, really familiar with it. Yeah. There's some that, like, there's some that stick out, you know, ones that you that you remember more than others. And then there's a bunch in my 
mind that are blend into one yeah, yeah, yeah. epic James Bond kind yeah, 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 of movie yeah, yeah. montage. Yeah, just explosions. And, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, laser death yeah, beds exactly. and stuff. Do you have a favourite Bond film that you can think of off the top of your head? I think, I feel like uh, GoldenEye is a bit of a classic, but I, I think that's because it's that perfect, I think it must have come out and then did it come out in like the 90s or... Yeah, 1995. Yeah, yeah which I feel like, well, that would have been like eight, Yeah, I think that's a good time also the game was epic and yeah. I think that would have sort of resonated even further yeah uh, so that one would be one that I'd really remember and then there's a few there's like there's some you know Goldfinger and things like that where you kind of know it from the soundtrack or the yeah. name maybe it's more, like a lot of it is down to the name like if, yeah. you can, if you know what the name is then you've you've kind of clocked it a bit yeah right oh that's good yeah I mean Goldeneye for people of our age we're both in our like early 30s the Goldeneye was kind of the seminal moment I think for quite a lot of people because yeah. that was yeah, we were the perfect age to get into it. It was a new Bond. Exactly. It was a game, which importantly, if you're a nerd like me, was, was a it on? What was it on? N64. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. four-player. Anyway, that's a whole different episode. Um, what are your kind of... This is an interesting question. Like, What are your current perceptions of Bond and where Bond is heading? And, and I guess, you know, in this kind of political climate that we're in and mm. the kind of Me Too era, you know, what do you... What, do you, what are your first thoughts around that? Well... Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's definitely like I, I do watch them when they come out, like the newer ones. I do think it's much more around. It's more of a high end, like a high end action movie series yeah. now. So it feels like it's lost a little bit of its quirks, but then I suppose that's also not a bad thing because having just watched what we're about to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> some of those quirks might not make it anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in today's age. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I've. Um, there's some nice nuances in in the older ones that you can sort of see probably have been a bit maybe Americanified or something yep. since then. Yeah, um, that would probably be what I'd think. Yeah, nice. And do you have any? Obviously, we're about to. You've, you've watched Doctor No. We're about to talk about that. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on the film before watching? Had you even like heard of it? Even you probably haven't even thought about it. But well, before no, you sat down you, to watch, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, I when I got. Um, can we name no, we've not got any sponsors yeah. Stan right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan got the bonds I was like right I like Ed he pays interest in my um, interesting hobbies and subcultures that I'm into I'm going to sit down and watch every bond and I got f- maybe half an hour into the first one right, and okay. then I got as typically as you know quite distracted and did yeah, something yeah. else or was on my laptop at the same time or something like that I don't think I had any no, yeah. good, good title, knew the title. <laughs> good title. Uh, I'll pass that on to Ian Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you'll listen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, okay. that was probably all I knew. Um, and then, um, interesting one. Do you have a favourite Bond moment? Something that sticks in your mind of like, oh, that's classic Bond. Or maybe, you know. You're Again, not I think they're it. all like, I feel like it's one epic montage of stuff yeah. that you're Stunts. not even sure if it's in Bond, but. Yeah. Like, it's actually Mission Impossible. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Like, is the la- the laser bed? Yeah, that is that Bond. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah. yeah, and there's like the classic like ski slope chase. I yeah. remember that one. Yeah, um, so that's kind. Of, I think it's weird, really, isn't it? Because like, I think everybody likes James Bond. Like, and I didn't know you were so into it until probably a couple of years into our like friendship. Yeah. Um, everyone likes. It, everyone goes and watches it, but it's interesting how deep you can go. And how much you can know about it. And I suppose that's the case for any any interest or subculture that you True. might be into. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It was, it, I don't. There's nothing that sticks out there and go, that was that best moment from that film. No, was no, awesome. no. Yeah. yeah. 
I remember Judy Dench died. That was bad. Yeah, that's not uh, good. But that was more recent. No, she's not dead in real life. No. Oh, no, good. No, no. Thank God. I thought oh, you were just breaking the news to, to no, me there. No, no. She's, she just died in it. I want to give you a gift for coming on the, the kind of pilot episode. Oh, being the, being okay. the, the canary down the mine. So yeah. it's a, the shape of it will probably give it away. <laughs> um, so maybe you can kind of describe it as we, as we go. But there you go. That's it's, a, a, um, it's a brown, it's very square... <laughs> card like thing <laughs> possibly in the shape of a record yeah, one yeah, say. yeah. Uh, and it makes a noise good noise on this microphone probably yeah, it's probably a nightmare to put on the train <laughs> <laughs> oh wow it's a Grace Jones night clubbing record yeah so I wanted to because obviously the Chris Blackwell so you yeah. you know the Chris Blackwell who was the location supervisor or the kind of yeah. main location guy on this oh, ended up being you know, the owner and operator of Island Records, yeah. as you know, yeah. um, and many people know. And Chris Blackwell produced, actually was like a producer on a lot of records. Yeah. And he produced Grace Jones's, I think yeah. this is her like fifth album. And I just thought, well, seeing as we, you've watched Dr. No, yeah. and I know you've already got a couple of Bob Marley records, and obviously he's yeah, the yeah, other yeah, big yeah, yeah. Island, Island uh, artist. Yeah. Um, I thought... Grace Jones, because there's also a Bond connection. She was a henchwoman in uh, A View to a Kill in the 80s. Thank you. So, Thanks, so, mate. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's I'm sure you'll never listen to Something it. good has come out of this. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's not this episode. First official Eon Productions James Bond film. Released in 1962, the film was produced on a low budget and was a financial success. It received mixed reviews on release, but has since been heralded as one of the best in the series. It was critical in establishing many of the franchise hallmarks, the gun barrel opening, the James Bond theme, and Ken Adams' elaborate production design. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman. The screenplay is based on Ian Fleming's sixth Bond novel. It's one of the few films that stays relatively close to the source material, but there are notable differences, such as Bond battling a giant squid and Dr. No's death by being buried in guano. Most of the filming took place in Jamaica, as well as Pinewood Studios in England. Editor Peter Hunt used innovative cutting techniques that have influenced action films to this day. Quick cuts, fast motion and exaggerated sound effects. He later admitted that the techniques would move the film along at a pace that would distract audiences from any holes in the plot or problems with the script. Monty Norman was hired to create the soundtrack after Cubby Broccoli heard one of his musicals. He travelled to Jamaica with the crew and was inspired by music on the island by bands like Byron Lee and the Dragonairs. Under the Mango Tree and Jump Up have a distinct sound, but most notable is the James Bond theme. The subject of two subsequent court cases, Monty Norman composed the theme, but it was arranged and conducted by John Barry, who would go on to establish the James Bond sound in his 11 scores. Following its release, the phrase Bond. James Bond. was honoured as the 22nd greatest quotation in cinema by the American Film Institute. Suppose you start the conversation. Now, how's about? Um, okay, cool. So let's dive into the film. So, obviously, right. the first 
film in the series. So kind of an oddity in many ways because um, this kind of style of the the kind of series hadn't been fully established yeah. yet. Yeah. So there's quite a few things that they haven't quite worked out, I yeah. think is fair to say. Um, I really, I'm a, spoiler alert, a big fan of it, of course. I'm a big fan of all the Bond films. Yeah. But um, I think I kind of like the fact that it's, 1962 yeah it's really kind of it's actually really fucking old this film yeah. like it, it doesn't the audio quality is kind of poor like yeah but I think the it is but then the art direction and the way all the things are shot are really nice yeah like really well done yeah so it doesn't kind come of, across that way and I think those are the little moments that I, I quite like because you can kind of see the the seed that they planted mm. for the rest of the series you know yeah. it was the kind of like these oh you can see kind of the origin of it yeah Um, and I guess non's you know, not more obvious than the the kind of opening titles, which is obviously Bond titles are you know a kind of bread and butter of the series, mm. and it's interesting because obviously this opens with uh, a kind of weird opening title series, you know, sequence. It's kind of broken. It's like three weird opening title sequences stitched together. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of interesting, and obviously that's Morris Binder, who who was a you know graphic designer and art director who. He kind of went on to do most of the series up until the 80s. Oh, really? Um, and it's kind of, it starts off with, um, I guess it's the, the kind of crazy coloured dots and lots yeah. of 007 things and type coming in. And then and then I think it morphs into... A bit like, of an iPod ad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a mid-2000s iPod ad yeah, yeah. with like silhouettes dancing to some... Funky they know where Apple got their ideas from. Yeah, they definitely stole it from Bond. Um, and then into the Three Blind Mice, yeah, which was kind of like I imagine. I don't know what your thoughts on like were you thinking it where was, the fuck is this going? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I thought because I like the the first part of the first of the three intro was really cool. I didn't really understand the significance of it. I've since yeah. kind of gone. Maybe it was like a nod to like nuclear reactor buttons or something like that, oh, yeah, but I don't yes. know. Yeah, yeah. It's quite. It's just quite abstract and cool, but I yeah. don't really know what it relates to. It's very like psychedelic sixties in a way. Like it's all very frenetic and it's yeah. kind of like it's jumping cool. all over the screen, which is kind of cool. And I think I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it was literally those. You know those little price dots. Yeah. Those old school like multicolored stickers you could you could get. I'm pretty sure it was just like those laid yeah, out and then crazy. and then kind of yeah. I guess filmed. Um, so we open with the three blind mice. Yeah. They're walking through Kingston, Jamaica, with like, which is kind of a weird to the three blind mice tune, which is. Are you talking about the intro bit still? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The silhouette of them kind of the walking. Silhouette, along. and then that kind of like, I might be wrong, but that kind of morphs into the the beginning, the, the beginning yeah. of the film, and they're kind of walking through um, through Kingston, and they end up outside. Uh, the kind of colonial house yeah. the kind of uh, where all the rich British white folk play which again is a sign of the running of the, theme of this whole thing. exactly yeah and I think that again is like a real product of its era in a way which yeah. is um, there was definitely a feel of like the haves and the have nots still in Jamaica which is kind of yes. I guess a hangover of the colonial era which, yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. is weird I'm not sure when they got independence from Britain, but it definitely feels like oh, like these guys just hang out in this club. Like, yeah, colonial's the word, isn't it? Well, like, absolutely. It has that whole like vibe to it for sure. So we open it with, with that, and then we kind of move to Strangways, who's the kind of you know the, the opening gambit, I guess, of the film is yeah. is is kind of his death, 
and he's playing cards with two other posh dudes which yeah. is kind of yeah it's just a lot of people going yeah, 90 below and Terrorist, double right? honours and blah 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 why are you leaving well I have to have a meeting I have a, yeah. meeting. I have a call at this time every yeah, day every day yeah. and then and I think one of them is like oh, don't be too long Yeah, don't doctor any hands for me while I'm away it's just like <laughs> it's so pretty it's awful yeah. um, so he uh, throws a, a kind of penny into the, the kind of three wise uh, three wise men <laughs> we are coming up to Christmas so, yeah, it's in the back of my mind uh, the three blind mice yeah. um, the three blind assassins yeah. he throws a kind of coin into their cup and is about to get in the car and then they just yeah and, yeah. I, and I, that sound yeah. I'd like to talk about that if okay. that's possible yeah, yeah. because I think the probably one of the areas where I quickly stopped watching it last time was how terrible the um, gunshot silencer sound was and yeah. not, not terrible because I think there's just some like base level sound effects that you get used to in movies, and like like a silence one is like pew pew, like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. That, pew, pew, kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas this is just like someone closed the door, like a cupboard four times, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it's bad, and so bad that you don't quite understand what's happened. To is it him. has he been shot? Yeah, yeah. there's no blood. Or it's or just is, like is, some, is it the door closing behind him in the? Yeah, in exactly. The yeah. Oh, is it just yeah? Exactly. Dropped something behind him. Yeah, right. Know. Yeah, but, no, I know what you mean, and it's kind of yeah, it's like a. Doom, doom. It's more like it's, a thud. Yeah. I wonder which is actually like this is where someone will probably call us out and say it's technically more accurate than it's. Well, this apparently it's like the same with um, like swords when they when you unsheath a sword they don't make that like sound but like that. Oh, that's they, a shame, that isn't yeah, it? it's just like leather. If you pull like a knife out of leather, it yeah. just makes no sound at all. So oh, they add it back in. Damn shit. So um, so they they shoot him and yeah. they bundle him. Well, no, they don't. I think, do they leave him or do they bundle him into the back of a In the back a of hearse, a hearse, yeah. And yeah. then they speed off. It's quite funny because when it drives off, they don't shut the door. <laughs> I know, it's no, like, it's his that. little legs hanging And out. I'm like, I'm wondering whether that was an accident or like, so. yeah. Um, so they kind of shoot off in this like crappy old hearse. Uh, and then we cut to uh, the clunky Strangway's letterbox on a gate and the, the kind of three blind, three blind mice pushing open and we cut to who is called someone who's called Mary Trueblood, which yeah, is his second name. Yeah. yeah. Um and she is Quite colonial as well. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a, like you said, it's a theme in this. Um she is uh waiting by the radio for Strangways saying, Yeah, yeah, hold on, wait out, whatever. Yeah. And then again, awful like foley sound effects. Yeah. That, the crack yeah. of the glass when the guy puts the gun through is like it's so jarring like I've watched these before like you know when yeah, you don't like, watch it on a 5.1 Adobe yeah. surround thing so the sound all comes out of two speakers yeah. the sound of the smashing glass is so deafening yeah, it's no. crazy there's, so, there's the sound throughout it the dialogue is often really quiet and yeah. everything else is really loud like it's mm. quite hard to watch because you're trying to like you took the classic like you turn it up yeah, it's quiet, and then you turn it down it's again. Awful. In the end, I put subtitles on, which was your recommendation, and it was yeah. a lot better. <laughs> I recommend watching all of these early ones with subtitles. So, um, and then she shot as well, yeah, which sadly. is kind of yeah, brutal, but you know, anyway, same same shitty uh, gunshot, same, <laughs> exact same gunshot. <laughs> um, and then they kind of steal the documents that say Crab Key and Doctor Now. So yeah. that's the kind of like little kind of teaser of the what the plot's about. Have been planted, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we kind of fade to uh, London, and there's the kind of 
Hello, W6N, W6N. There's like a guy in the radio, like... Hello, you know, W6N, again, report my signals. The era in all of this stuff, like... Even, the, I kind of like the design of that room. It was just kind of like loads of, like, glass booths with people yeah. on radio headsets and stuff. And again, it's all very British. It's like, get me the foreman of signals, you know. Yes, broken off mid-contact. I must say, like, the whole the whole film, and I'm sure it's the case, for, it's like the settings and the place settings and the, and the interior design and all that kind of thing is so good. Yeah, it's like, pretty cool. Want to transport yourself back there? Yeah, well, it's very. I wonder if looking at it from 2019, it's it's kind of maybe coming back around some of that. Oh, totally. I mean, some of Look, that. My like, apartment is half of the shit. Yeah, is in here. You know? Yeah, like, it's true. It's that mid-century old chairs. Sort of, yeah, it's that, yeah. I've got some old chairs which our grandparents would have thrown out because exactly. they were like dated yeah. in the 70s. Um, and so they're trying to you know get communication yeah. back and and basically I think they go right. We need. We need to tell M, and then M ushers yeah. someone to go and find Bond. I'm looking for Mr. James Bond. Yeah. So they send this chap to uh, Le Circle, I think. Les Ambassadeurs, I think it's called, which is the card. I know, I'm trying to be French. That's um, good. The, uh, the kind of casino in yeah. the middle of the night. And I suppose this is an iconic scene in many ways, because this is the... The kind of first introduction to seminal is that the word seminal introduction. I don't like using that word because no, it's a bit too. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like smells. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think this is the seminal inaugural moment. Or something. Anyway, yeah. No, I think let's use seminal and cool. let's not be trite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is where uh, obviously we're introduced to Sean Connery as Bond. So he's sat playing yeah. Chemin de Fer, which is a, a, a kind of card game which I have got no idea how to no. play. And I, I'm always watching in Bond films where they they just seem to pull cards from what they call a shoe, like this little box of oh, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically like high card wins, I think. Yeah. But I still don't understand how it's not just pure luck. Yeah. Um, anyway. Just poker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, which is what they did in Casino Royale, because imagine trying to build a film around this card game. It would be ridiculous. Shit, yeah. Um, so he's playing uh, against um, a young lady. Yeah. In a very nice red dress. And, uh, you know, she's kind of losing to him, I guess. Mm. And uh, they change the, the kind of, um, they, they kind of change the minimum bet or whatever it might be. And that's the moment where Bond gets to break and light his cigarette. Yeah. And we hear the, you know, I admire your look, Mr. And then we he get the... Bond, James Bond. Yeah, exactly. And it's the first time, you know, he's been obscured for the whole scene up until that point. Yes. Yeah. You know, the oh, light yeah. fitting is kind of... Yeah, over right, his okay. face so you don't fully see him and then you get this reveal and he's a debonair young and the Sean classic Connery. like um, the James the, like the James Bond sound I did, for a second then I did it and then I was like oh no is that yeah no oh, feel, feel free but um, yeah it's the the kind of James Bond thing yeah. and that's the first kind of uh, the kind of first moment we've ever heard it and little do we know I imagine in 1962 that this Bond theme would be, would the, be yeah. the theme of well that's the thing you forget is like Everything in it is the first time, right? Like, yeah. so they did a TV show. I did a little bit of research. They did a, like a little TV show before that wasn't very successful. Yeah, it was obviously a comic strip and a book and so on. But like, all the stuff that we associate with Bond is all from the movies, and it all started in the first fifteen minutes. And the other thing that I thought was interesting is that this whole, you know, this 
I, I presume you know James Bond as a concept everyone's pretty aware of it, you know, know aware of the books enough that when they go watch the film at that time they know what the pretenses of the character Yeah. but I love the fact that he doesn't appear in it for the first 15 minutes yeah. of the film it's just like and then he just looks cool as fuck yeah he does he, I mean it's still even to this day I look <laughs> at him and he kind of I think so Sylvia Trench who's the woman which is kind of a weird name um, so she's, she kind of says this and he introduces himself and I think yeah. she says uh something about you know upping the the bet or whatever it might be and he literally just sort of throws his hand you know he's got a cigarette in his hand and he just kind of throws it to one side and I'm just like fuck this guy is just like he just oozes unbelievable sexuality in a way like he's just completely I don't know what it is and also back to your, your earlier question of you know like what do I think of it now or you know sort of based on 2019 or whatever yeah and it's uh yeah, like cigarettes is bad to kids. Yeah, but yeah. It makes them look dead good. He that I think he might be the reason why I went through a short phase in my teens of just going like, yeah, I'm gonna whenever I'm out. I'm gonna Did you smoke? Like, no, no, no. But like oh. when I was out, you know, it was the classic social smoking. We're yeah, like, right. yeah, I'm gonna look really cool with this. Yeah, with your and, petrol lighter. Yeah, and all that <laughs> stuff. And Click. then uh, of course, you know, yeah, you, you turns out it's bad for you. Yeah, and it's expensive. So yeah, that's another reason. True. Um. So so yeah. So we get the introduction of Bond. And he gets the note to say he's required by yeah by M, and he kind of says right I must I think he says I must pass the shoe. Sorry, M mm. is M's the main guy. Q is the gadget guy. Yeah, yeah, cool. got it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, well, we'll get on to that in a sorry, second. Okay. So no, 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 this is good. So um, so he he kind of uh, he kind of goes off and he he kind of cashes in his chips, and Sylvia Trench follows him and they have a bit of a you know yeah. a tryst and then. Uh, I think they agreed to kind of meet up at some point. Yeah. So it was that easy for him. All he yeah, had to do yeah, was yeah. say, my name's Bond, James Bond, play a few it's cards. It was quite easy for me. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, All you have to do is beat someone at cards yeah. and they fall into your lap. So, um, so yeah, and then he leaves. Uh, <laughs> definitely not the story of my life. No, no. Um, so, no, and then he leaves. Obviously, he arrives at uh, British Intelligence and we get our first interject, uh, introduction to Money Penny as well. Yeah. So he walks in, uh, played by Lois Maxwell, who ended up playing the character for the next uh, right phew, fourteen Bond films, oh, really? I'd say. Wow. Yeah. So she's been in it for she was in it for a long, long time. So um, and I think she was originally um, she was originally cast to play Sylvia Trench, and she turned it down because I think there was it called for a scene. Spoiler alert for later: the golf scene in the apartment mm. originally had her completely naked. Right. I don't know how they were going to do that with the 1962 censorship, but no. I think uh, Lois Maxwell was like, oh, "I'm not keen on that. I think I'll I'll, I'll play Money Penny." So, yeah. Um, and we get a little bit of uh, again in yeah. today's yeah. climate. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I've made some notes. This, this is my first note. Yeah. Oh, I met no, my main note after the cigarettes look good, look good. Yeah. Uh, is just kind of. It would like yeah in a HR department nowadays yeah. wouldn't allow that in the workplace. I don't think so. He kind of walks in, barely sort of says hello. Kind of sits on a lap. I yeah, think. which is which is odd. And yeah. she doesn't. She's not too fussed. I don't. You know, again, different time. But yeah, um, she probably was. But yeah, didn't probably feel like she could say it exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then yeah, they have this kind of quite sexy exchange that is all eighty percent. James yeah. Bond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and then he sort of gets on his merry way, and I, f- I was thinking that's not um, 
that wouldn't fly now. No, they? I don't think it would. And I think I guess the way they handle the the money penny <laughs> stuff now is a little bit more fifty fifty. I think. I yeah, think the way that she, she plays yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. she kind of she kind of um, comes to the table with a little bit of it as well. Whereas, yeah, like you say, it's very one sided and kind of uh, yeah, a little bit sort of ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then he goes in. He gets his brief from from M. It's all pretty standard up until the point where. Major Boothroyd comes in. So Major Boothroyd, uh, the guy comes in who yeah. arms him with uh, Walter PPK and takes yeah, away his explain this gun. Explain the gun thing to me. So the gun thing. So um, so ma- this is very nerdy. So so Major, <laughs> Bo- which is perfect for the audience of this podcast. Yeah. So Major Boothroyd uh, was a real person who uh, was some sort of firearms nut yeah. in, in Britain, firearms expert. And he wrote to Ian Fleming after reading a couple of his novel novels, and in the novels Bond used uh, Beretta, and this kind of Major Boothroyd guy wrote to Ian Fleming and said, "No, no, 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 no. Bond would never use a Beretta because of X, Y, Z, and all yeah, the rest." Yeah, of it. yeah. So Ian Fleming then, you know, took that note and was like, "Oh, well, okay, that's interesting." And he said he would use a Walther PPK. That's what he would use yeah, for yeah, all yeah. of these different reasons. And so Ian Fleming wrote a character into his. Oh, that's um, into his next few novels, which was Major Boothroyd, uh, who is actually Q. So, although he's not called Q in this oh. film, Major Boothroyd is Q, or the kind of uh, yeah, quartermaster. The, yeah, right, okay. And so, um, and so we have that little exchange in the film, which is... Right, in a lady's handbag. Is a kind yeah. of uh, yeah. a line that you might not That's get away with. That's a subsection of my notes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Later. N- nice and night in a lady's handbag, which is... It's kind of also my favourite line in the film, um, and he exchanges it for the for the Walter PPK, which is basically the gun Bond still uses to this day. Right. Okay. In the movie, so it's kind of his famous firearm, and he tries to sneak the Beretta away. If I remember rightly, yes, so and M's like, "Just like, leave the Beretta." And yeah. It's like, "Why are you trying to take it, mate?" But I like that because I think it it sort of builds M as like he's not just a passenger, he's like quite smart and switched on himself. Probably yeah. was a pretty dead good yeah, himself a, once upon a time. And he really yeah. is the figure of authority, you know. I think in the books as well, M is, is kind of, Bond really respects him, yeah. but he's, he's kind of this elder figure. Um, and so he's basically sent to Jamaica to investigate yeah. this thing. And uh, so he's got to go home and pack. Yes. And he gets back to his apartment. Yeah. And... He notices something amiss. The lights are on. He can hear something going yeah. on. So he takes his shoes off, which I quite like. Yeah, that's he, nice. He slips his shoes off and he's in his lovely, probably tailored socks to go with his suit. And um, so you kind of, you know, you think, oh, he's, well, I take my shoes, I take my shoes off when I get into my house as well. So me and Bond have got quite a lot in common. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good parenting. Yeah, so exactly. Take yeah. your shoes off at the door. Yeah, you know, preserve the carpet. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's doing it for that reason. No. I think he's doing it to do stealth, exactly. Which is also why I do it. I can <laughs> sneak in and scare my wife. No. Um, and so he sneaks in, he gets his new gun out. Yeah. And he kind of... This is, again, a music bed that is like very... Late fifties, early sixties. It's like nah, 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 wah, and it's like very loud and kind yeah. of like a, a bit, bit jarring. Too, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. it's a bit kind of too loud. I think. Um, and he opens the door and it flies open, and the angle we see is is kind of some ladies' legs. Yes. 
playing with his putter and a lot of golf balls. Golf balls. Yeah, which is a euphemism in itself. Probably. Absolutely, yeah. He's yeah. trying to chip them into a bowler hat, which is like... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know. I'm sure there's some golf experts out there who say she got the wrong club for that. But yeah. um, And she is just wearing one of his shirts. Yeah, which is quite um, forward. Very provocative. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine, like, in... I mean, it's kind of... It's very sexy and very cool, but in 1962, I imagine that was even more Absolutely. so. Like, yeah, yeah, that the was like wearing the you know the footy, foot, footy jersey. Or yeah, it's thing. like hammering it over the head that she's like, I'm pretty much ready to to kind of seal the deal with this guy. Yeah, sexually, um, sexual, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, they cool. already sealed the deal at the at the poker table. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah so. No, this is purely. Yeah. So this is. Yeah, so then they have a little, you know... Exchange. Exchange, and this is where he says, you know, I have to leave immediately. When did you say you had to leave? Immediately. Almost immediately. The first sort of Bond quip, in a way. Like, obviously the character ends up having these one-liners in, yeah. the, in the movie series but I think that's kind of the first one where he checks his watch almost immediately you know and you get this sense of like yeah. oh he's which by the way that kind of line is like I, the, one of the main over things I took from this whole movie was like how many how many things were started in this movie that then went on to be used in so many more action yeah. movies and action series and that would be another one like that kind of classic I don't know I like Arnold Schwarzenegger type like sign off at the end of something yeah um where yeah. you go, yeah, right, okay, it started here. Yeah, not only is the lead character, like, handsome, he can kick ass, yeah. but he can also throw away a yeah. one-liner, which is, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. And play golf. By and play golf, yeah, yeah. Which is or, lucky. Yeah, and just arrive home to women wearing his shirts. Yeah, so, yeah. So okay. instantly relatable, this guy. So, um, and then we have a Pan Am flight, which again is a moment yeah, of... Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, a moment of kind of that era um yeah and again really like so well picked because that was a pretty like cool sexy airline as well yeah very glamorous yeah yeah and so you know yeah the fact that he's flying from from uh from london to jamaica via pan am airlines is yeah exactly we're kind of establishing the the kind of level that he operates at and so he arrives at kingston airport which again is kind of i mean i think that is actually kingston airport but again that kind of architecture is kind of it's just kind of very simple and very yeah. cool. I kind of liked it. I mean, it kind of looks like a bus station in a weird way as no, well. No, it's good. I know you mean. It's very cool and very quiet as well. Nothing like uh, the airports of today. And no. I think there's much security going on. Um, no, it's true. And so this is where Bond is... You, I guess we get the first hint at Felix Leiter being there, played by Jack Lord. So he's kind of walking around with a newspaper. He's the CIA kind of, agent, yeah. Yeah, and so... Spoiler alert again. Spoiler alert. It's a good little twist that, but for later. Yeah, yeah. So we we kind of see him arrive and a weird moment happens where, you know, he's walking out of the airport and, you know, someone tries to take his picture and he... Yeah. I don't know how... I mean, he, his instincts were pretty good and fast there. He just kind of puts his hat over his face yeah. and, and puts it down very naturally, which yeah. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. could you react that quickly? But So she tries to take a picture of him, this, fails, this photography fails, obviously. Uh, and he's picked up by a chauffeur who kind of claims to work for the government house. Yeah. And he says, oh, let me just check that. And, uh, and he goes to the kind of, uh, to the phone booth and phones government house and the, the kind of chap answers. And he said, no, no, we didn't send a car. And he was like, mm, we didn't can- think you, we didn't think you'd want an a, a, 
arrival or announce yeah, the arrival. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, he says something like, yeah, we didn't think you'd want to announce it or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And, and it's funny because this is, again, if you actually watch that scene, he's kind of looking at the phone, he's talking to the guy and he's actually looking at the chauffeur. Yeah. And he, if you look at his face, he's like fucking mad. Like yeah. he literally, he's looking at him and I'm like, shit, he's going to fucking kill this guy. Yeah. Like he literally looks at him and I'm like, man, if someone looked at me like that, I would shit myself. Well, I suppose because at this stage, None of, not, we've not seen him do anything on the secret agent side right? True. so he's not done anything rem- remarkable really no. apart from look dead good yeah and Which be is... a little bit sexist yeah a little so bit yeah just yeah. a touch so it's kind of like now I guess this is like the third part to his yeah. personality isn't it yeah exactly Where, like, so... he's a bit of a he's just you know he's yeah, got an he's got an edge killer. to him yeah. yeah so he hangs up and he gets into the car anyway and he says just take me for a ride or whatever and then they kind of move off and that's where yeah. again you see Felix kind of wait, waiting with his newspaper and he jumps in a car and they they kind of tail tail him so they, they drive they're kind of driving along and uh, he says uh, someone's I think somebody trying to follow us that's my Jamaican accent yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think somebody it's trying better to... than most of the people's Jamaican accents <laughs> yeah, in this no, movie to be honest yeah that's true so um, and he says well let's try and lose him and then all of a sudden Bond knows all the roads in in uh, yeah, Jamaica because yeah, he says yeah, take yeah. the next next ride yeah. and um, they kind of squeal very quickly very around quickly this nearly the whole back end nearly yeah I was like that. wow it goes pretty quick and the car kind of speeds past and it was quite cool though like I, because one of my memories of watching Bond is that the old classic kind of in the car and then there's like a projected thing but like in the studio behind or whatever yeah and kind of pretending to. Right, but this this scene I wrote I I was interested that the scene was a proper live car chase. Yeah, wasn't very long, admittedly. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it's actually Connery in the back of the car cruising along. Exactly, like, like yeah. it was really quick. It was really well shot. It was really yeah. interesting. And like you say, yeah, like the speed that they took the corner, it was like and it was like gravel. Yeah, like, it's genuinely quite wrong. dangerous. Exactly. Yeah, and so he takes the moment to to kind of you know I guess sort of stick this guy up or whatever. Yeah, you want yeah, to say. yeah. And you know he's he, the kind of he's like keep your hands on the wheel. I'm a very nervous passenger. That's what he says. And um, <laughs> shit, that's a bad show, Connery. And um, and so this guy sort of tries to reach for the glove compartment to get a gun, and he gets a whack, obviously. Um, and obviously he has an interchange with him and gets out of the car. And the guy tries to. I think he. I think he hits him or whatever, and the yeah. guy tries to pick up a. A bit of wood. A bit of wood, which looks wood. pretty light as well, yeah, like very yeah. dried out, like yeah, not going to yeah, do yeah. anything. Yeah, like brittle, pit. brittle, yeah. Yeah. brittle piece of wood. And this is the first sort of like, I w- I call this like sixties action fighting, yeah. which is Shit. like it's a twist. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a dance. Yeah, and they they kind of he kind of twists him up and around and over yeah. his shoulder. And it's more of a it's it's, it's sort of. Yeah, twenty percent combat, eighty percent waltz. Yeah, in a way. exactly. I mean, it's very choreographed, and so yeah, he does that, and the guy, and then he, he does punch the guy pretty hard. Yeah, one like seemingly, and um, he he kind of beats him in the fight, and you know he starts to interrogate him, and again, this is this is a trope in Bond films. He's like, oh, let me have a cigarette, you know, and I don't know about you, but if I was this, if I was Bond, I'd be going, no, like. You can't do anything. No, just yeah. sit down and shut up and tell yeah, me who you yeah, work yeah, for. Yeah. But Bond's like, yeah, yeah, go on, have a cigarette, have a cigarette, because this is a gentlemanly spying is a gentlemanly practice, right? And maybe that's the downside to trying to be too cool. Yeah, you know, if that's ever a benefit that I found not yeah. being cool, yeah, is just that, give him a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, you know, yeah. yeah. So too much room. Spoiler alert: this guy bites the cigarette 
and it's cyanide. We we kind of later find out, mm. and he says, <laughs> which is very hard Inaudible. to hear yeah. without the without the subtitles. Yeah. Uh, that bit, I found, that whole bit, generally, I found I was I couldn't quite work out what was going on. No, like, it's the bite, and then he kind of dies quite dramatically. Yeah, and it's, yeah, like, it was all. And, and I think I feel like one of the things that you find weird with a film is the editing doesn't edit the way that we've got used to watching things. Yeah, so, like people like key characters die really quickly. Yeah, like without any much kind of response, and even the. The, the kind of literal editing of like, you know, when uh, Strangways' assistant is shot, there's a pretty heavy cut in there. I think when she, literally when she gets shot, it's like, there's a kind of a weird jump in the footage. Yeah. And it's quite jarring. And I guess nowadays we're so used to such smooth edits. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of computer technology takes any of the, and obviously it's not shot on film for a start. So the edits are literally digital things spliced together. Yeah. But and a million, um, a million. so it's quite jarring. I have to admit that, that kind of scene. So uh, he kind of pulls up at the government house and again we get the kind of second uh, Bond quip, quip which yeah. is, you know, uh, make sure he doesn't get away, Sergeant, or something like that. And, and the guy kind of does a double take, which, but it's very calm. Like this guy's just rocked up. He's arrived and said, basically, there's a dead body in the back of the car. Yeah. And that's it. No one follows Bond into the government house. And go no. wait, hold on, one second. Just tell us about yeah, yeah, this dead person. Just noticed. Yeah. Not sure if you did. Um, I, I recognise the quip. What you just said. Yeah. But, um, he's a bit dead. He is actually yeah. dead. And how did that happen? And 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 yeah, like although. And is this your car? I know this is a movie. Yeah, this isn't your car for a start. And there's a dead bloke in it. Yeah. But no, no one follows him. He just has a meeting with the whoever it is. I can't remember. He's in the government house, but. Again, I wouldn't let him in to see that person. No, I that. think I laughed at that. I think there was a, there's a, there's a kind of a nice double take of the door. Yeah, yeah, the door kind of, just like, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very Mickey Mouse. Wait a of, second. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they, they kind of, he gets the low down and, you know, there's yeah. a, again, the colonial uniform, there's a guy walks in, I think he's the police commissioner. Yeah. And he is wearing like some pretty funky get up. Like it's, you can tell it's colonial, it's British in, in kind of descent in a way, but it's got little shorts on. I know, it's in high yeah, high it's socks. Like, it's like exotic. It's like, um, you know, like your action man, you get like the one that yeah. dressed for desert or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the jungle like, one or whatever. This is the yeah. tropical colonial outfit. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is great. So he basically takes him to uh, to uh, Strangway's house yeah. and that's where Bond sees a photograph of uh, Strangway's with... Uh, a fisherman a quarrel and again there's a weird jump cut there when he's holding the picture frame he goes who's this in the picture and it's like yeah. jump and he says oh yeah that's uh, that's that's a local fisherman um, and he kind of recognises him which is hard to kind of see but he was the driver of the car that was following them yeah there's a bit was well the car that was, was that that had the CIA agent in there as, as well, well yeah oh, right, okay. but it's not entirely clear and so no, it's it not. took me I mean I've been watching these films for you know decades now and it took me a long time to kind of go oh that's why Bond recognised him not yeah I'm just interested in who he goes fishing with which yeah, is what yeah, I originally yeah, yeah. I was like oh how intuitive he's yeah, yeah. like oh, oh I'll speak to the fisherman who's in this picture <laughs> yeah yeah um, so smart always starts every mission that way yeah exactly he's just going to have a look around people's houses and just see chat you know, to the local trollerman before you do <laughs> exactly. anything else exactly 
So, um, so then he heads down to the to the wharf mm-hmm. and sees Quarrel, who's painting a boat with a suspiciously, might I add, quite dry, very clean paintbrush. Don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I did notice that, and I actually even noticed that the paint can had like dry paint in there. I was like, yeah. he hasn't painted this boat. No, I mean, he's... and the boat looked pretty shoddy as well, to be honest. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he's been hired by, but um, and so he says. Uh, you know, you know my friend Strangways or whatever. He says, "Yeah, I, I like people whose friends are people," or something like that. Which is, a, yeah, I quite like Quarrel. He's one of my, he's kind of one of my favourite characters in there for some reason because he's just sort of, I like his cockiness when he first meets him, where he's like, "Yeah, if you say so." And then his abundant subservientness. And then later on, yeah, he completely <laughs> flips. Switch, yeah. Um, and so, you know, Bond's he kind of like he's a bit cocky with Bond, yeah. and Bond leans back on the bar and he's kind of watches him walk away. Follows him around the, the, the quayside to the bar, which looks nice. That bit as well was interesting where you're like, ge- I remember watching it thinking like, geographically, this seems odd. There's a bar just on the other side of there. Like, of that it wall. wasn't quite, it was like, mm. it didn't look like they were going anywhere. And then it just cut to this beautiful bar. Yeah. Like, which was very well stocked with Red Stripe, I noticed. Yes, yeah, I wrote I that. Think... I wrote Red Stripe never looked so good. Yeah. And I think Red, <laughs> Red Stripe, like first, again... Which is good for Bond movies, right? Yeah. First like, product placement uh, in, a, in Bond movies. What does he so. drink now? It's like Stella, isn't it? Or? Well, it, I think there's a Heineken oh, sponsor. Heineken's like, so wrong for that. It's so shit. Anyway, let's not talk about it. Sorry. Yeah, but maybe they should go back to Red Stripe. Yeah, it'd be nice. It's pretty cool. Um, and so, um, so you know, he kind of says, look, uh, we need to talk. Let's go somewhere quiet. Yeah. And he says, oh, puss fella. You know, make sure we get somewhere quite sort. And he takes him into the back where we have more boxes of red stripe. Yeah, loads, in the background, yeah. which is great. And he says, you know, supposing you to do the talking, now how's about? And he pulls a knife on him. Yeah. And Bond does his, like, shit, he's in the shit. And uh, I guess Pussfella grabs him and he's kind of wrestling him. And so Pussfella's the guy who owns the Yeah, the, the bar, bar, yeah. And Terrible. interestingly, he's called Pussfella. Yeah. Which he is in the book. Yes. And he's okay. called Pussfella because he wrestled a giant octopus. So they called him Pussfella. Now... What? what, what oh, Pussfella. What does that mean, Pussfella? Like octopus. He's oh, the octopus the fella, fella, I imagine. Yeah, yeah right. He's the Pussfella. That and he's great with the ladies. Oh, God. Um, cut, oh, God. cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Fuck it. 2019. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. So, um, but he's, he's called Pussfella. And then yeah. in the film, Quarrel says... Ain't no use you straggling. Pussfella wrestles alligators, yes. which renders his name Pussfella yeah. completely irrelevant. Yeah. He should be called Ali Pally or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, <laughs> so Bond does a bit of wrestling. Yeah, again, not the best fight. Not a great fight. Over is it? quite quickly. Throws him into the red stripe. Into the red stripe, <laughs> which are all empty. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they even make the empty sound. I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to recycle the bottles and they're just going to yeah, keep yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and so you know and he picks his gun up and he's like alright face the wall or whatever and then we get the do 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 bit of music and it's old mate yeah old mate and he says where were you measured for this bud and he's referring to his suit uh, and he says oh my tailor Savile Row and he says mine's a man in Washington and that's his little code for I'm yeah. from the CIA yeah 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 and obviously that's Felix Leiter so Felix Leiter is again a recurring character in, in this kind of series so and I think if I remember rightly, he's wearing some very feminine cat eye sunglasses. Yeah, not which, yeah. Which I mean, you know, good on him. It's quite good though. Like sure. it, it play it, it it elevates the role of like how cool and traditional and like 
again colonial England is yeah. and Britain is yeah. and how everything we have it, just, it makes England look really cool and slick yeah where because it, it's obviously a when it's produced by Americans, but yeah. it's a you know recording, obviously Absolutely. British writer and so on. Yeah. Whereas normally, when you f- like anything American, it's like there's a, always a bumbling like I don't know like Sean Penn is like the yeah, tech yeah, yeah. guy or whatever. And yeah, it's just yeah. kind of Sean Penn, not Sean Penn. You're thinking uh, of um, the other guy, Hot Fuzz guy. Of uh, Sean, uh, uh, no Simon Pegg. <laughs> I was so close. Fuck Sean Pegg. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sean Penn. I was like, Sean Penn never plays a bumbling idiot. <laughs> no, he's yeah. also American, which yeah. is not my point at all. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. No, no, no. So that's that's good insight, Sean Pegg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he says, you know, yeah, we're on the same mission. We've both been sent yeah. to have a look at this, and there's some weird shit going on. Uh, and this is where, um, you know. I think they they kind of cut to the club at night, the bar at night. Yes. Again, quite a quick cut. Quick cut. So they literally leave. He says, "Oh, nobody died from my my cooking yet, or whatever." And yeah. Then it's like again. So yeah, I mean, it's full of these lines. Is this this is the bit where they're all dancing? And they're going to the jump up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some weird dancing. Do you see the guy who's like he's like going and his face is like jelly in the background. <laughs> Um, and talking of Chris Blackwell, I think he has a small cameo in that oh, does he? section. God knows what he looks like back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you can spot him kind of dancing in the club. And so, I mean, this looks pretty... Again, I think it looks kind of cool. Like, the, the club looks like... It genuinely looks like people are having a good time. Yeah. Like, it actually looks like... A, there's nothing worse than a nightclub scene in movies where it looks like it's dead quiet. Yeah. And they've added the music later, which... But it's kind of, I think it helps that they're kind of tracking through the crowd as well. So like it's quite you don't quite get enough time to really sort of see to what's going judge it on. Too, no. Yeah, too harshly. And then obviously they're kind of sat in the corner and they're discussing what's happening. Yeah. And Felix says, you know, we've we've kind of traced a radio jamming signal to Jamaica. We actually didn't mention what the plot was at the start, which is kind of funny because it, it's kind of like. I mean, maybe I, I've watched it so many times that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, the plot. What is the plot? So the plot is that the Americans have had some rockets, Cape Canaveral rockets. I've got to say, I didn't even know that bit even from watching it. Like, there, yeah, is, a, okay. there is an underlying like bit of like, why, why are they... Is that bad? Or is it not easy to understand? No, I think it's, I think it's probably... Uh, it's pretty clear. I mean, M does brief him on it. Yeah, but it's kind of... Again, I wonder whether... And I, was, I wanted to ask you this, which was... In the kind of era that we live in, and the kinds of films and the pace of the editing that we have nowadays, it's very slow. This film, like, there's yeah. a lot of dialogue. Well, where are we up to now? Spot half an hour in. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's kind of like you know. So I do think that our attention spans have probably let us down a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's not always clear in terms of the the kind of uh, structure of the film what's what's happening. And no, you kind of have to piece it together. You and it switches quite between quite a lot of different settings I suppose yeah. so like you are like okay why are they there at night in a nightclub now do they need yeah. to be you know it just that, that kind of thing was a bit unusual I think. yeah and so so yeah so the, I guess the plot is that the um, it's a cooperation with the CIA and they're trying to uh, investigate the disruption of rocket launches from from Cape Canaveral right. through radio jamming which I've got no idea you know they, yeah. which he calls toppling yeah, uh, it's kind of the, the code for it. So Felix says in the club, he says, you know, we've traced the jamming signal to Jamaica, uh, but we can't determine the origin of it. And uh, Quarrel, who is there with them, says, you know, that he'd been he'd been taking Commander Strangways 
on these kind of fishing trips, but actually what they've been doing was collecting mineral samples from all the islands. Yeah. And he says uh, that uh, they went everywhere except Crab Key. And, and Bond says, Crab Key, why, why wouldn't you go there? Terrible and, name, by Crab the way. Key, yeah. Crab Key. Crab Key. Sounds like something you pick up. On a big club in a club. Yeah, I think mean, you probably pick it up from Pussfella's club, right? <laughs> oh, God. And so, um, <laughs> so uh, he says that you know it's it's well, we had no business going there. Mm. It's owned by a uh, a Chinese, Chinese recluse or whatever, yeah. and he's called Doctor No. And uh, this is where the photographer comes back. And yes. He appears from the airport, and uh, she tries to take a picture, and he says, "Get a quarrel and the camera." Now this is gets a bit again. Quite a little bit violent in this yeah, section. Forceful so, towards women. Very forceful. So he, he kind of bends her, quarrel bends her arm up her back, and it looks, you know, he's like evening misses, and then all of a sudden, which again is like a bit kind of dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, good evening, and then all of a sudden you're in an arm lock and yeah. being hurled away from by this guy. <laughs> so they bring her over, and she sits down, and he says, you know, what are you doing? And she yeah. says, I work freelance. And, uh, you know... For the Daily Gleaner. The Daily Gleaner, that's Good right. Name. Yeah, the Gleaner. Is like, and then he gets Pussfella to check, and she says, no, 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 I'm freelance. She gives the game away a little bit by wearing a very oriental satin or silk outfit. Yeah. And you're like, you think, if you are undercover and you're taking photos, and we've just and, and potentially you're working for a bad, you know, sort of Chinese consortium of sorts. <laughs> Chinese consortium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Um, don't wear... Like, put something on that's a bit more... Well, this is funny you should say this, because, again, this is <laughs> we're going to get deep into this now, which yeah, okay. is, this is a very much a product of the time of this film. So, that photographer is meant to be Chinese. Yes, and, it, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, one of two female characters that's meant to be Chinese. Yes. And, and three overall characters that are meant to be Chinese. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and none of them are Chinese. No. Yes. And so um, so she is actually called Annabelle Chung, the character, but you never find that out, which is interesting. And uh, she doesn't look at all Chinese. In fact, she's she was Jamaican, a, she? a Jamaican pageant winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is wrong on so many levels. Yes. Um, and so, anyway, which is, which is crazy. Uh, but again, maybe not so crazy in 1962. But yeah. No, and I wonder. Oh, you wonder, don't you, what the um, what the reasons are for that then? But then, when you like learn about how a lot of these people are like cast, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty throwaway. It's like see someone pretty on the street and they hire them or whatever. And it's, it's crazy. Anyway. Anyway, different times. Yeah. So um, and so yeah, yeah, that's my excuse. And so um, she tries to get away yeah. and she smashes the flashbulb on the table yeah and that was weird and scratches it on Quarrel's face and that's pretty brutal and he didn't give a fuck he's rock hard he, just he was went, just like yeah which by the way it off. I suppose I did that very um, not yeah, good yeah. for the podcast no community. it's good that's a, that's a very Wipe. visual thing <laughs> um, wipes it off his face yeah and it, like, she literally like slams it into his face yeah. which like a shattered piece of glass and scratches it down as well yeah. and he's like we'll get nothing out of her and, like he's just <laughs> literally like what and again I think that's kind of why I like Quarrel um and uh, he, so they do that, and he says, um, he kind of rips the film out of the camera, and he yeah. says, "Run along, freelance," which I, which I love, which yeah, is another good kind of like, in my more misogynist bucket of quotes from the from the film, it's like kind of, this is this real, 
I guess, like dispensability almost, or like, do you mean dispensability? Like throwawayness yeah. of like, yeah. off your pop. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, it's very pop. like looking down on her a little bit where it's like run along freelance. But then also I was thinking, yeah, but she did just try to like take a sneaky photo of him. So yeah, maybe and stab the and guy just, in the face. Yeah, and that bit was, that bit was like, th- those are the little nuances of yeah. like that age of film, I think, where you're like, that's a clever move. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. And it, and I think nowadays, if that was a female uh, personality in a movie, it would have been a much bigger deal. Yeah, because it's like the power's back. Yeah, and I think where in that, whereas in that, it's like no, no, you're you're very weak. Yeah, the brush. Off, I hadn't you know? thought about that. Like the way that the brusher aside, effortlessly, exactly, so easily. Yeah, when actually, like you said, very intelligent move, like really well executed, like literally yeah, slammed genius. it into his face. And uh, dismissed almost, you know. Yeah. You'll be sorry. You'll all be sorry, you rats. So, um, so anyway, I think they kind of agree that they should investigate Crabkey, or he's kind of very interested in Crabkey. Because I think when he was in Strangway's house, he found a receipt from Dent Laboratories. Yeah. I don't know how many... I've never been to a laboratory before, so I don't know if you get receipts from laboratories to say that you've dropped off... Tax invoice. Yeah, it's a tax invoice. Because, of course, he's working for the government, so he can. it is a tax write-off. If yeah. you want to get any mineral samples so done... That's another good subplot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Actually, yeah, the how whole... Did, how does tax work in James Bond? Yeah, how do, well, maybe there's a whole film just, yeah, Strangway's tax. I mean, he did have a big filing cabinet in his front room. Where he did. He pulled, so he must have quite a lot of receipts. Um, and so he pulls the, the receipt from, from Professor Dent, who, um, you know, he, he does meet, I, I kind of, we skipped over that, he kind of socially meets the kind of three characters that Strangways was playing cards with yeah. earlier in the film. So Professor Dent and some other blokes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Professor Dent is the only one who says uh, that he recognises Strangways' uh, secretary. I think yeah. he says, Shut that secretary of his was very nice, very nice indeed. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, so and he's Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, I think Bond kind of, you know, side eyes him a little yeah. bit, and he's like, oh, Dent's a bit of a fucked up character. Like, I bet he's a bit of a pervert. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's again another subplot of it. <laughs> Professor Dent, the pervert, turns out a bit of a pervert. Yeah. So Bond meets him. He kind of turns up at his uh, laboratories, which. Is beautiful. Yeah, uh, that set is probably one of my favourite sets. Which is like, it's just it's got the plan chests there. There's yeah. two beautiful mid-century seats. Again, we talk two graphic designers here talking about interior design, yeah. but absolutely beautiful. Doesn't look practical at all as a lab. It looks like a no. fantastic museum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he has a very brief exchange with Dent, who's quite. Um, you know, he kind of skirts around it. I think standoffish, quite standoffish. Say, yeah. And uh, he says, and but Bond, I do like. Uh, you know, he says, "Oh, he said no, no, they were ordinary, just iron pyrites or whatever." He yeah, says. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he iron, said they couldn't be pyrites. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And he says he, he, they couldn't be from Crab Key. Um, it's not geologically possible, which mm. is the most vague answer. I mean, he'd be a brilliant politician. Um, and he he sort of Bond says, "Oh, thanks for sparing me so much of your time," which was about thirty seconds. Yeah, uh, passive aggressive. I think uh, Bond is is cottoned on there that dense, dense dodgy lying, customer, yeah. dodgy bastard. I like how he goes. No, I just threw him away. 
They're just yeah. shit rocks are thrown yeah. away. Yeah, and yet, if you look around his office, there's just blocks of rock yeah. everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, he probably did throw them away. Possibly. Bed. He wants an iron pyrite in a life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, especially one that's completely radioactive <laughs> and dangerous, which yeah. we'll get onto the radioactive shit. Hello. Yeah, we'll get yeah. onto that later, because, I mean, it's complete bollocks. This is the 1960s version of what... Radiate like what's radiated and, and nuclear power. Well, and this might be for later in it, in it, but presumably, obviously, Ian Fleming wrote the books like in the late forties, yeah, early fifties, late fifties. Yeah. So then, there's kind of these interesting historical things happening at the same time, like yeah. the rise of communism um, in China and in Russia. So all these kind of, and then presumably, nu- well, obviously, nuclear as yeah. well. Yeah. So there's these kind of common. Um, and I guess the, start, the kind of rumblings a little bit of the space race in a yeah. way, like it's the JFK Rockets era and, and all yeah. that kind of thing. There's this sort of interesting, and and again those those like themes of Russians and, and Chinese people, yeah, almost continue now. And they constantly refer to it in this film as the as the East. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's like almost like an East versus West thing. I mean, yeah, which is kind of a really interesting like. And it's interesting because I never like obviously again. It's quite an American concept being worried about communism and mm. um, nuclear and all that kind of thing and the, nu- and the arms race in space. And then that bit, I'd, I'd be interested to know, again, not for now, but what it was that, Eng- like, why that was the main topic for a yeah. British. Yeah. But then he was in Jamaica, which is, you know, I don't, he wrote it in Jamaica, so. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway. That's an interesting, no, it's an interesting point. And it, but it's, it's all of these kind of sub themes that go into <clears throat> it that make it kind of quite interesting. And so, um, you know, this is where Dent, he shits himself, doesn't he, really? And he's like, fuck, I'm going to go and see Doctor now. Yeah. And he screeches down to the wharf and he says to the guy, yeah, got to take me to Crab Key. And, he's, you know, the guy takes him reluctantly. He says, you know the procedure? And obviously there's yeah. this procedure in place that you can't go during the day. Yeah. Anyway, he turns up and they take him. It's kind of a, oh, a I love big, this bit. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? It's like, I think the, the kind of set is, I get what you're referring to, is an incredible, I guess, a great example of, like, dramatic simplicity in a way. Like, yeah. So I believe the story behind this was Ken Adam, who's the amazing production designer on, on all of these early Bond films, set the tone. He, yeah, he couldn't think, of, I guess he needed this set. I think it was kind of a last-minute scene. Yeah. And so... A foyer. It's almost like a foyer, isn't it? Yeah, and he, and he sort of like, he didn't have much money and didn't have much time. And so he kind of threw it together at yeah, the last minute. And I mean, again, it's written the rule book on, you know, these kind of very over the top, almost, it's almost like a cell as well. It's like very, so you've got this skylight, gridded yeah. skylight, you've got this raised marble plinth with just a single chair. It's lit Circular beautifully. Room. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and yeah. it was definitely that, uh, which I think is interesting is just, it comes on later as well in more form. It's just how good like Bond villain architecture is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like that's a a unique thing for Bond, I think. Which yeah. is like, yeah, they're bad people, but they really, really they're also massive narcissists. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. need like their they've got a big ego, they need their sexy like villain palace thing, yeah. which is generally underground yeah. in some form or built into a rock of some sort. And so that's that, like, again, graphic designers, but, like, the shot is beautiful where there's, like, the, the light coming through the grid. So, as like you say, there's sort of circular yeah, gridded skylight. skylight. kind of thing, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then throughout the film, the bit that you just, when they end up going, when Bond ends up going to Crab Key, um, 
just the way that all the sets are built it looks so good yeah it's and there's there's a there's a sadistic side to it yeah it's super high tech it's super like it's like mid-century yeah modern mid-century or something it's almost like if it's mid-century and and minimalism in a way although not entirely but like it's almost on a on an exaggerated scale isn't it it's like this is what was probably happening in in kind of the high-end homes of, of the world, but taken on steroids, you know? Yeah. It's like on the next thing. So so this is where, Den, you know, we hear this kind of almost like godlike voice. This is our first introduction to, to Dr. No. And we hear this kind of godlike voice, and he says, why have you broken my strictest rules, come in daylight? And he yeah. basically he's bollocks. He's a bit fucked up, isn't he? Yeah, and so, well, actually, um, this is... I think I might have even kind of missed a bit, but I think... At some point on his way back to his hotel, the three blind mice were sent to to kill Bond. Yes. In the car park, and someone basically turns the headlights on and they they freak out and fuck yeah. off. So it's a bit of a, again that's a really quick moment in the film where you know they and and actually we've kind of skipped over again. There'll be Bond fans screaming at us, but there's a moment as well where which is very cool. I think the spy moment where. Bond's in his hotel room when he first arrives in, in Jamaica. Yeah. And he he's about to head out to, to yes, meet Dent and awesome. everything. And he, he kind of takes a piece of hair from his, his head and, and kind of, you know, moistens it and puts it over the, the kind of uh, closet to, yeah. to see if, and, and puts a little bit of talcum powder on his briefcase. And I think what what's interesting about that is that in these early Bond films, you get that spy, the smarts, the spy smarts, yeah. where... He's not relying on gadgets. He's kind of this is sneaky shit Just that he's doing. Hyper intelligent. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like you know we we've lost that. I guess putting it out there like Jason Bourne yeah. took that to the next level in the in recent years. You know, he's the one who can improvise with a newspaper and a toaster. You know, and blow yeah. the house, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. Um, oh God, can you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I nearly did it um, by accident. It's just yeah, um, and so so yeah, that's cool. And so I think at that it's around that time that the the three blind mice try to to kind of off bond outside the hotel. So Doctor Knows pissed off that it's failed because Dent's incompetent because mm. he's getting three blind dudes to try and shoot alleged bond. yeah yeah alleged blind dudes who don't appear again in the movie from memory do they? Well, they do. Oh, they do. So. Um, so we, because I'm getting it all out of order now. This is I'm trying to go off memory here. So, the 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 kind of the thing that Bond does is uh, he takes a, a Geiger counter down to the to the kind of water and, and says he's he kind of checks uh, Quarrel's boat and it's radioactive where the the kind of samples were, and uh, before he kind of goes down there, he obviously has to pick up the Geiger counter and he picks it up from the government house, and that's where Miss Taro is listening. At the keyholes yes. of their conversation, yes, yes, yes. and again, you have this kind of sadistic sort of like listening at keyhole. That's a naughty little habit, and all this kind of stuff. And again, he sort of says he forces himself on this woman. Yeah, he says, you know, uh, why don't you, I'm free this afternoon? Why don't you take me around the island? And she says, what should I say to a man who, you know? And he says, you should say yes. She said, no, I should say maybe. And he's like, well, three o'clock, maybe, and uh, <laughs> which is basically like. The subtext there is, if you don't, I'll, I'll hurt you, which is, yeah. you know, or, or it's not, it's, it's, you can't say no. This basically. is also the second lady who's meant to be Asian that is an Asian. Yeah, which is so fucked up. So he, he, he kind of, um, 
you know, he goes to, to, to her apartment. Yeah. And he takes his little blue uh, Sunbeam Alpine, which is a so kind of good. funny little... Yeah. But someone of Sean Connery's stature in that yeah. car is kind of comical. He's just too big for it. Yes. So she's... We get this little scene where she is... Uh, you know, guiding him to her home and there's like a voiceover and you kind of see a montage of him driving past the cement factory, which is the least glamorous location yeah. on Jamaica, I imagine. And this is where he's he's kind of bombing it along and the three blind mice come oh. out in the, in the hearse. I missed they, that bit. Yeah, so that you missed the whole bit. No, no, I oh, know right, the bit, okay, but yeah, I didn't yeah, make yeah. that connection. So the guys are in the... Th- the, the it's the big hearse that yeah. the, they tried to... Well... And now you make sorry. All of this is completely. This is like coming back to me now. So you know, you said that um, that they couldn't close the door. Yeah. And then the guy's legs were there. So in the documentary, the guy who plays Strangway says, "I'm I'm six foot whatever, and the hearse is five foot eight. <laughs> and so they throw him in, and they try to close the door, and it hits his legs. Basically, he said, "I was way too short for it." So the three blind mice are in the very same hearse. They chase Bond. And he's. This is where we get your bit of back projection. Yes, this is the bit I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. So this is. So you've ticked that box. No, it's an yeah, early exactly. 60s film. You've got poor uh, back it's like projection. The former the whatever the sort of before green screen yeah. technology. Yeah. Which is literally, literally just a projection. They're just playing the film behind it. It's pretty good though. I was just thinking like it must be weird acting like yeah. pretending to drive a car like that because there is a lot of it. Like if you watch how he. His hands are moving on the wheel. It's like if you were doing that, like it's literally go up and down, up and down, up yeah, and yeah, down. Yeah, it would yeah, yeah. You just the car would be he's fucking around. driving test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he, luckily, because he's in his little sunbeam, he can navigate under what looks like a broken down crane. Yeah. On a on a blind bend, which is the wor- I mean, that is an accident Excuse way to the happen. Pun, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he, <laughs> you threw me there, and. <laughs> And so he manages to career under it and the three blind mice go, shit, and uh, they turn and head down the, the kind of valley and out of the blue explode. Yeah, which, which is again is like... Um, very Austin Powers. Though. Well, and the question is, 1962, would this be one of the first times that had happened? I don't know. Like, Good point. Car going down a ravine, yeah. explosion unnecessarily, yeah. but... Uh, epic and then he has yeah. a really good quip which oh, is he does he says uh, I think they were on the way to a funeral yeah, yeah that's, that's right and you, you get his little floppy hair flying around which is like oh fuck Sean's going to lose that in a few years <laughs> yeah tell me about it Wait, get that right. yeah like, join the club <laughs> uh, and so um, so where were we so we, we backtrack so th- th- I guess um, he does make it to, to Miss Taro's house. Yeah. And she's very surprised to see him. She, yeah. She's like... Terrible poker. She would be shit at poker. Yeah. As she's a like, character. oh, I wasn't expecting you so soon. Yeah. Which is like, I wasn't expecting you at all. And he says, oh, you know, don't get dressed on my account. Which is, again, it's like, oh, Sean. Like, Sean, man, chill out. Hell, like, stop thinking with your dick. And yeah. Get, like, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, you know how, like, all superheroes have their, like, their kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Um like Spider Man's I don't know what Spider Man's is actually like a large yeah. gla- a large I glass. Love, I love how you said you know like Super Hero's got their kryptonite like Superman. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Well uh, you know. And then yeah. I, you know, like they've all got their kind of thing that, yeah. that fucks them up, right? Yeah. His is women. Yeah, like, absolutely. It, every single time like, dude, no, don't do that yet. Yeah. That's I mean a terrible idea. And even or, yeah. even to this day where you go like you've you've been in twenty odd films now, yeah. like you know what's gonna happen if you sleep. But it, I think he's this is the thing with the character of Bond. He's so cocky that he's like, even if she is working for the opposition, true, I'm still, still going to do it, and I'll 
yeah. I'll, I'll just kind of... I'll figure it out in bed later, yeah, which is what I'll happens. just go for it. So he he kind of grabs her aggressively, I think, and forces a kiss. Yeah. And then the phone rings and he's left with it and he kind of... He, he grabs her very aggressively. He does. All the way through. Like, he literally grabs her collar. Yeah. And, like, and I was like, again, there's no... It's, there's no, it's not consensual, this. No, it's... It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, I think I'm I'm kind of happy to say that, but... The thing that is... The, what I, oh, and by happy to say, I mean, I'm happy to put that out there that I think it's just pretty messed no, up. No, all of those things were. And then the funny thing was, I, like, again, graphic designer, yeah. I went and Googled the movie poster afterwards. Yeah. And it literally tells you nothing about the movie. No. It's just James Bond looking cool and then four women... <laughs> Ne- scantily the four, clad, yeah, scantily clad women in a row next to him, yeah. like, but a lot smaller and yeah, kind of just and, dancing, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so, so she basically, um, you know, she goes off to 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 kind of dry off and answer the phone. I think and Bond does this really weird thing where he kind of grabs her towel and he kind of like sort of wipes his lips on it, which I thought was a bit weird. Uh. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit kind of like. There's something weird going on there. I don't uh, know. He's kind of—he's just a sexual guy, isn't he? He's just. A very, he's, <laughs> he's, don't we all like to wipe I mean, our lips on a towel? He's, yeah, and he's judging Professor Dent for being a pervert. <laughs> um, and so, so she's on the phone to obviously Professor Dent, saying he's fuck, he's here. Yeah. yeah. And she does this amazing, uh, te- which is something that my mum does. She does when Bond kind of again crosses, literally crosses the boundary by going into her bedroom. Yeah. Like while she's on the phone. Yeah. And she, she switches phone voice, which is something that my mum used to do and probably still does, which is, uh, you know, she's talking very well. And then she says, I'll have to go now. Terribly sorry. Yeah, ter- and, yeah. and which is, you know, my mum still answers the, her, her phone with the, the phone number, yeah. which, is, which is brilliant. <laughs> so, um, so she's like, and like he's, he, the look in his eye it's, is... It's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's And not, he's got the towel wrapped around his knuckles. It's, and it's like, and I think, I guess that's deliberate. It's like, yeah. am I going to... He, he already knows that she's up to go no good yeah so it's almost like he's either going to garrote her with a towel it's... or or he's going to sleep with her I mean and here look grabs the back of her head it's very like it's sexy but it's very like you're not quite sure what he's going to do and I think that I mean I do quite like that touch of the the, the towel wrapped around the knuckles because yeah. you're getting the sense that and I, I think Ian Fleming's quite clear on his characterisation that Bond is a he is a He's a dangerous man. He's not fully with it in no. a way. And, you know, they recruit, you know, he's an orphan. He's from a damaged home. He's like, they recruit, um, you know, young men and women who who aren't stable, you know, and yeah. they, because, you know, to be a spy and to live a lie in this way. Yeah, you have to be a bit of a sociopath, presumably, or you need to, you need to have that like little bit of you that exactly. doesn't feel empathy. Exactly, and so, I, but I do kind of like that little moment where you think, fuck, he's going to kill her. Yeah. And he, he doesn't, so we fade because he, he ends up unhooking a towel and, and she kind of surrenders to it. Yeah. And uh, we fade to, I guess, post, and Bond's having a cigarette in bed, which Classic. is, and she's kind of doing her nails, which again is like, He's doing the masculine thing, which is being a bloke, relaxing in bed with a cigarette, and she's making sure her nails are okay, which again is just completely <laughs> so backwards. It's just, it's hilarious. And so he he wants to go for dinner, and obviously she's been ordered to keep him at yeah. the apartment. She says, no, no, I'll, I'll cook you something here. Yeah. And he says, what does he say? He says... You know, I don't. I think he says, "I don't want you getting dishpan hands." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was another good one. I don't want you getting dishpan hands, which is, oh, I mean, fantastic. So anyway, he he basically orders a taxi, 
because uh, he's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to. He basically ignores her. She said, I'll cook here, and he ignores her, and he basically just uh, orders a taxi to a restaurant anyway. Yeah, and he, you know, he, I think they, he gets her, he kisses her, and he does another sneaky look at his watch and thinks, I can squeeze in another shag basically yeah. before the before the taxi arrives. Opportunistic. So he bundles her into a taxi, and. Uh, she's very surprised by that and it's the police superintendent is in the back of the cab yeah. and he says book a su- uh, chief inspector or whatever it is and she says she says something and spits in his face which yeah. was very yeah. unladylike at the time I imagine which but is, again a bit badass which is good like, I think it was kind of about time yeah the, the, the get women get back. one back up yeah, yeah. Um, and so we we kind of he goes back in and he sets the scene for for Dent, which is you know he makes it look like he's still there. They've had a little bit of uh, lovemaking in the on the sofa. He sets a couple of drinks out. He squashes down the cushions. He puts his jacket over something. Puts the record on the, underneath the mango tree, which yeah. is a lovely warm rendition of it. Actually, it which is the second time we've heard it now, isn't it? Because it was on in a club as well at the beginning. That's right. Yeah, which is interesting because I thought I'd heard it long. But it obviously, it's just from that movie. So, it? so that's interesting. So you you know of the song, yeah, yeah, and you, but yeah. didn't but didn't know it was just for it was made for this. Yeah, film. right. That's interesting. I mean, I've always associated it with this film, but that's because I've been watching this since yeah. I guess I can remember. But um, so he sits down and plays a bit of solitaire and waits for for Dent to come it's one of my favourite scenes in the film actually because he kind of again he, he makes it look like there's he uses the old two pillow trick yeah he makes it look like there's someone in the bed which it, it kind of does look convincing but it doesn't look like two people and like you're saying as well nothing tricksy here it's just being a smart person yeah being intellectual by the way not to have we missed the spider bit we haven't talked no. about the spider bit well no we're, we're, we're coming up to okay, it because this is where I got a bit ahead of ourselves right, Dent got, got, goes and you. collects the spider oh, from that room but so Bond plays solitaire and waits for, for Dent to come and lovely kind of suspenseful scene, I guess. You know, he kind of, um, Dent walks through and, you know, fires a few shots into this kind of pill. And pretty brutal, like he basically yeah. empties the fucking clip well, into this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which obviously, Six shots, yeah. And Bond reaches for his kind of silenced uh, gun and he says... Uh, dropping professor and and kind of fucking dense like shit you know yeah and so um you know he kind of uh it's a cool shot yeah it's a really cool moment and dent looks pretty pretty perturbed so he says look i i knew that the samples were radioactive anyway and you were fucking lying he said who are you working for yeah and uh he says uh, well i might as well tell you seeing as you won't live and tries to grab the gun and of course, it's empty, and Bond yeah. says it's a it's a Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six, which is a great line. Great line, and shoots him. And I think even I, I like the way that the guy who plays Dent kind of falls here. It's pretty violent spasm, like he literally kind of flies, and then Bond shoots him in the ass. Yeah, which is naughty. And I, I think what's interesting about this is like he's playing solitaire, so yeah. he's just kind of you know just as you're about to go and murder someone or potentially murder someone you're playing solitaire to keep yeah. past the time and then I don't feel like it's unusual to, I feel like it's more and more unusual in Bond films and I might be completely wrong to see them kill someone in cold blood essentially yeah. like I mean there are moments where I it happens but yeah. it's, this is like it's very it's stark almost isn't it yeah it's, it's very like, quick it's just like see ya yeah and he's there's no remorse he literally just 
you know, cools the silencer down and just sits there and looks at the dead body, which yeah. is kind of sadistic. Keeps playing solitaire, maybe. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, quite right. We we kind of a little bit out of order, but yes. So before that happens, Dent does get the spider from that yeah. room. And it's a tarantula or whatever. And he says, tonight. You know, and that Dr. Noss says, tonight. And uh, so Bond is in his bed in the middle of the night and we hear this, this mm. kind of eerie music or whatever. And living in Australia, we have some pretty big spiders here. Yeah. And quite often in the middle of the night, well, I had an incident very recently, recently yeah, yeah. As I sent you the image, where we have quite big spiders crawling very close to our heads at night. Nothing as big as a tarantula, but I definitely had that vibe a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so Bond can feel something under the covers. For once, is not a lady. Yeah. And, um, oi, oi. Yeah, exactly. And so this kind of spider crawls up his... He can feel it. He crawls up his arm. And that was shot, I think... Yeah, I love this bit. Yeah, so Connery... Because you've obviously done your research on this. No, I haven't. Well. I just noticed that, like, clearly the spider is never on Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. Point. So I like think it's... Sh- I mean, I might be wrong, but I think Sean Connery was pretty scared of spiders. As he would be, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was actually a piece of, like, plexiglass. Uh, right. And, 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 and kind a- of literally right on top of him and then the spider crawled on the oh. plexiglass so actually if you look closely you can kind of see when he moves the, glass. the plexiglass moves yeah and, or like yeah. you can kind of see it pressed against his skin right uh, and then he kind of throws it off it crawls off him onto the pillow and yeah. he throws the pillow on the floor and we get this kind of what's called a Mickey Mousing effect with the music uh, where he hammers it with his shoe yeah and uh, it's to the beat of the dun, 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 which is just very early 60s, I guess. The thing I like about it is that, much as you were saying earlier about how Bond sort of like doesn't need to, but he's sort of, you know, getting the guy, asking the guy for a cigarette or that kind yeah. of thing at the beginning. Equally, this is the most, the most sort of ambiguous way of killing someone yeah. you're a lot, like that you could ever hope for rather than just go into his room and shoot him and yeah. kill him which you, is I mean the, the plan that they had with Miss Taro is a better plan well exactly like, I mean she failed in the end but if they'd have done that first I think they might have had so more essentially success. what happened was someone went into his room before he was there yeah because uh, he records back to your point earlier the hair on, that he put across the yeah, wardrobe were gone right. thanks and for the, making that connection I'm being terrible that's alright and then the talcum powder on yeah. there did got, you notice as well when he got back and he noticed all this stuff he kind of he takes the vodka yeah. and he, he's like no fuck that and there's a whole nother half litre of vodka yeah, in a drawer, drawer. which I, I thought was good but then what it means is that someone went into his room yeah. planted a tarantula yeah. in there before he goes to bed I presume yeah and where do you put it where do you put the tarantula how's the tarantula like it's a big assumption that that tarantula is going to do fuck all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure, not 100% sure, I'm pretty sure most tarantulas aren't venomous, but yeah, that's right. another story. Okay, um, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I just thought, I was just like, there's a, again, it's that like narcissistic or like slightly that ego of like a villain yeah, being yeah. like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't go and like just kill him. No. And, and in his bed. Yeah. Like, get that spider. I mean... Get Rodney. 
yeah, from exactly. the side table over yeah, there. Yeah, he yeah. said, no, he's just on top of the trestle over there. Genuinely, the spider was called Rosie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so close. Yeah, I know. Rodney, well, yeah. again, he's sexist. You thought it was a male <laughs> spider. Um, oh, shit. Product of the times. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. You're dead right. I mean, who's to say that this spider wouldn't just waltz off into the bathroom and... I know, and then they're all just really angry and you're like, like they're yeah. angry that he didn't kill him. I'm like, yeah, of course he didn't kill him. <laughs> it's like you put a spider in a, in a quite a big hotel room as yeah. well. It could have gone anywhere. No, he was in pr- pretty much the bridal suite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So anyway, so this is where we have a terrible day for night. I think it's I believe it's called day for night, which yeah. is when they film with a gauze yes. over the lens, and yeah. it's blatantly. I mean, you can see the clouds. Yeah, clouds, yeah. sun. Like anyway, you know, no judgment. It was a low budget, and so they they kind of uh, head off to Crab Key. The three of them, Felix, uh, Quarrel, and, and Bond, and uh, they get close to the island, and, and Quarrel says, "No, nah, right, we we." Too close for the engine. Yeah. It'll, for some reason, engines pick up on radar. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, Felix gets off and, uh, uh, sorry, they get off onto another boat and it's it's paddling wind from, from here on in. And, um, it's really choppy as well. It was pretty choppy and Quarrel's drinking a lot of rum from like a huge <laughs> barrel. Yeah. Which, again, if you're going to the bad guy's island, pretty much you, you know there's a bad guy there. Yeah. Are you getting pissed on the way? I mean, I would. Yeah, but I'm, not, right. I'm, okay, not, I'm yeah. not confrontational. No, that's but... true. You'd be like, I just thought, thought we might have a drink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you'd bring it as a gift. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like bring a bottle. Yeah, yeah like yeah. couple some after eights. You know, you're going to go for an elaborate dinner if it's a Bond villain. Exactly. Well, so. Who's got the Vionetta? So, <laughs> yeah, and a bucket of KFC. So they they kind of hide the um, the boat and um, they kind of decide to go to different ends of the beach. Yeah. And and kind of wait till morning. And Quarrel has a cheeky swig of, of this yeah. rum again. Only only ever wears a white a red t shirt as well yeah. the whole way through, which is interesting. Which yeah. is I guess is kind of like classic. That's kind of classic like cartoon. It's like your characters all wear the same costumes. Almost, yeah, and it? also like very distinct colours, right? So they're easy yeah. to identify. You can almost. Uh, He's got a terrible accent, by the way. That guy. Yeah. Not there's no one in no one in this film is remotely Jamaican. No, I wonder if he is. I mean, so obviously they did cast a lot of local actors. They did, yeah. But, yeah, some strange mix of accents. It's fine. So this is the kind of next iconic, probably yeah. the second of, of, I'd say, of two iconic scenes in this film that yeah. really kind of cement Bond as a cinematic yes. kind of legend. So the first one obviously being the the kind of Bond, James Bond. And then this, this kind of next scene we have is Bond wakes up to here some singing and, and whatnot. Singing the se- under the under mango, the mango tree, tree, which again, is yeah. it was obviously a huge hit in Jamaica at the time. And it's it's <laughs> Ursula Andress as, yeah. as Honey Rider in the iconic... Great name, of, by the way, Honey Rider. Honey Rider. I mean, that's it's naughty, isn't it? Completely disgusting. Uh, and she is wearing the kind of bikini, which, again, I think at the time, bikini was like, yeah. whoa, bikinis. Like, now, of course, I mean, living in Sydney... There's bikinis everywhere, but also like I mean, this is a pretty looks like a pretty functional bikini as well. Like she's even got like a knife holder, knife holder, and like you know. So you know, back then I imagine this was very exotic. Beautiful location, by the way. Uh, and this Rios. is all Chris Blackwell, isn't it? That's picked all these spots. Yeah, out, I uh, think so. The, and so, the islands. yeah, and it's like this is not too far from where Ian Fleming wrote the novels as well. Yeah. His house in Goldeneye, which. Chris Blackwell ended up buying, buying yeah. and then obviously you can now stay there, which is kind of a dream of mine. But um, 
so you know she's collecting shells and and he says you know he starts we get a moment of Bond singing as well which is the only moment in any film yeah good voice yeah except for Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia again though not to I know I'm going to keep going on there like he has the most unusual ways of approaching women Mm. like just imagine you are her yeah just come out of the ocean you go, you go to this island all the time to collect shells, which in itself is, seems a bit odd, but anyway. Um, yeah. Well, they're worth $50 in my island. Well, exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, come on. Yeah, he's like, know, yeah. Get a life. Um, yeah, and again, yeah, <laughs> this, this hot shot from London comes in and says, $50 is nothing. Yeah. You know, tight bastard. Um, but I just thought it was, it's just the, yeah, he sort of appears, wakes up, she comes out of the water, and he yeah. just stands, looks at her. Yeah. And then just starts singing. Yeah. And it's like, and she's... In fairness, takes it quite well. Yeah, really, yeah. But he says, "Are you looking?" For, she says, "Are you looking for shells?" He says, "No, I'm just looking." Which no. again, I mean, imagine saying that to someone now. I mean, you'd, you'd literally. Oh, yeah, no. Well, you, we wouldn't. Would no, we? well, you no, know. you wouldn't. But uh, you know, call the police. So they, he <laughs> says, basically, uh, you know, you're not safe here, and she says, "Oh, I come here all the time and stuff." And he's like, "Well, you know, just you know, you gotta be careful." And, yeah. Um, what are you doing? I'm collecting shells. Blah blah blah. Quarrel comes running around the corner and, you know, he's like, there's a boat coming, there's a boat coming. And uh, they all kind of run off to find shelter and this yeah. kind of motorboat comes comes kind of past. And basically they know that they're there because they've seen Honey Rider's boat, yes. I think is the implication. And so uh, they start firing a submachine gun, like... Yeah, extreme, isn't it? A Bren it? gun, basically. Like a World War Two Bren gun at a beach. Yeah, on a boat, which is not the most like level of... No, you know. and you can see the guy, he's kind of like facing one way, so they have to turn the boat. They don't bother turning the gun, they turn the boat the other way. <laughs> um, and so this guy's got his megaphone, and uh, he, he sort of... Uh, he's shouting at the at the beach, and, you know, they fire a few pot shots, and they're hiding behind some sand, which, again... I've seen enough Saving Private Ryan, and I don't think a beach is that protected. Like, I'm sure bullets can get through there, right? Very sandy to fall. Yeah, it's not like it's not. It's not sandbag. It's not no. dense. But anyway, so they survive that, and uh, and and this guy goes, and they realise that the, the, the we've got to get off the island, and yeah. basically there's bullet holes all in in Honey Rider's boat, and so. Um, She's like, you ruined it, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, right, well, she, she said, we'll find somewhere to... I know somewhere safe we can hide. So they head upriver, and uh, and that's where you kind of get a little bit of characterization of, of Honey Rider. She kind of explains a little bit who she is. And yeah. So it turns out that she's she's kind of uh, orphaned in a way, or like she, she was kind of... She lived with her parents, she was homeschooled, they travelled the world, her dad was like a, a kind of oceanographer, and they so they kind of... They do all that, and um, I think on the way up the river, um, the kind of, you know, Dr. Nell sends his little patrol out yeah. with dogs. And so, you know, they're wading up the river, and again, this is kind of a cool ingenuity moment. Yeah. Where Bond decides to cut some reeds from the side of the uh, the kind of uh, river and, and use them as a snorkel. Which is another, like, classic movie moment. I'm pretty sure they do it in Robin Hood, the Disney cartoon of Robin Hood like you've seen it. I don't know when that was d- done but like yeah. it's another kind of classic kind of moment being... that you've probably see, you've seen a million times since then yeah so it's kind of a really ingenious again great spy moment in a way and uh, you know the, the kind of dogs can't smell them as well because they're underwater um, and one guy is left yeah 
Um, he's going to regret that. Yeah, he is really, isn't he? And he's carrying again. He's carrying like a little machine gun, which is very World War Two. Yeah. Uh, like a proper, you know, it's got the magazine in the side, which I always think is kind of really cool. Yeah. So he's kind of walking along, and uh, Bond's like, sure, get, get down. And he basically just fucking strangles the guy and drowns him. Yeah, and I remember watching this. It's very, like, he breaks his neck, basically. Yeah, right. right. Like, yeah. and he just chucks him under the wall. And I think that's what's cool. It's like, there's this, you've seen all these different sides of him in this space of like 10 minutes in this bit. It's yeah. like, is, uh, he's a bit of a psychopath. Yeah, no, he is. He like, and, and, and she's really shocked because, of course, yeah. she's not seen that side of him yet. Yeah, he's like, no, no, actually, I kill. Yeah, I kill for a living. Yeah, I, that's yeah. that's my job. That's what actually, the queen pays me more for. than actually trying to find women to. Yeah, with. this bit, the bit yeah. where I was singing on the beach. Yeah, actually, not part that's of the job not, description. Definitely not. In no. fact, it, it's if anything, it's come up in multiple reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M tells me time and time again, and yeah. I haven't learned a thing. Three things I could do better. Yeah. So, uh, so they decide to kind of uh, hold, hold out until nightfall to try and get off the island. Yeah. And, um, and then I think Quarrel comes back and says he can, he's heard, he's seen the, the dragon. He keeps talking about uh, a dragon that's on the island. Yeah. And obviously Bond's like, it's bollocks, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, which again is kind of Bond being the big shot from the UK well from England yeah and coming to this kind of you know a very culturally different place in another part of the world and completely judging everyone like why are you collecting shells why do you think there's a dragon yeah and and not really kind of thinking about the fact that these people you know they live in a completely different world to him yeah and so they head to the swamps and of course it isn't a dragon it's a, a tank. quite bizarre vehicle of some kind which I feel like the new Tesla truck is based on very timely, (laughs) very timely. And so, you know, yeah. So they, they kind of see this thing and he's like, look, it runs on diesel engines. You go to that side. I'll go to this side. So the thing starts firing flame balls and yeah, this bit, this bit overall, I find it's like very, like everyone's really, really smart, right? Mm. James, James Bond's smart. Um, What's his friend with the red t-shirt called again? Uh, quarrel, quarrel. Smart, yeah. you know, smart nose Jamaica street really wise. well, streetwise. Yeah. And then there's this moment where there's this giant tank, that's a fire breathing tank. Yeah. And they just start shooting at it with pistols. Yeah. And yeah. also, if I'm not mistaken, if we can, like, this is the quarrel where he dies. Yeah. I mean, and in, in, in the most sort of like in a way that you think so you've just you know I don't know where what kind of where we're up to in the length of the film right yeah, an hour like, and 20 minutes in now yeah so you've built up this kind of story with quarrel and then literally he runs over there starts popping a few bullets in this giant tank yeah and then it just it just spaffs a bit of fire on him <laughs> spaffs <laughs> and, and yeah. then and then you hear this kind of Wilhelm scream like ah yeah 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 and, and then they just and they all just go oh fuck yeah and that's it and and if you but if you look as well, there's a, there's one shot, a cutaway shot, and it's it's a burning carcass. Yeah, no, yeah, it it's like quite, falls backwards. <coughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> it's pretty harsh. So look, so we lose quarrel, and All again, right. yeah, there's like you know she tries to put up a bit of a fight with the two guys who come out, and you know they kind of get taken away, like they get beaten again. Quite a brutal. She gets hit quite mm. hard and stuff. So this weird tank thing, which again is kind of feels a bit out of place in this film. It's not. 
Yeah, but I suppose it's kind of like this. It, it, it would look better. It doesn't look great. Like it doesn't look cool. No, it looks, it looks like what it, it looks like. Someone put it over a tractor. It, it looks then... like you know Red Bull do the, those like box car. Yeah, thing, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like downhill. someone are oh, the ones off the pier. Yeah, yeah, or like or yeah, the down like the you know the downhill. Like it looks like a local it, stock car. It even. looks a bit shit, and yeah. I feel I think you can see what they're trying to do, which is like you're now on a, you're actually not you're transitioning from. A lovely tropical island to like high end. Yeah, this tech. is it's tech. Yeah, I was gonna say it's tech, but it's you know it's tack. And this is where you start to like see the awesome sets and things like that. Yeah. Just... So the the kind of first thing they do is they go into the kind of uh, the radioactive decontamination area, yeah. and uh, this is the first bit of hokey sixties science we get. Yeah. Which is radioactivity can <laughs> Speaking be. Speaking of spaff. Yeah, yeah. They basically <laughs> hose them down with 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 uh, with bath you know foam bath words. foam yeah, and weird. so but again this is like the 60s version of like oh you know radioactivity you, you can just wash it off yeah which you know if you know you've watched the Chernobyl series that's <laughs> absolutely not the case yeah, yeah so very different depictions there but, but who's to say what that liquid is exactly you know, I mean it's pretty is, miracle stuff yeah it's Dr. No it's yeah, Dr. Knows no's miracle doing. formula, which is available at your local chemist. Yeah, they could have done with that in the Ukraine. Yeah, no, exactly. Cut that out. No, that's, well, you know, Chernobyl. Um, and so um, so they go through the decontamination thing. It's an excuse to strip them both off, isn't it? It's it's un- it's unnecessarily uh, sexy, this part. Yeah. But bearing very... in mind that they've not, they've, not, they've not done anything sexual yet, which is quite... Um, no. L- They've kissed. Have they kissed? Uh, no, no, you're right. Yeah. So they've not I mean, done they've anything. just talked about it. Yeah, um, yeah you know. and she's washed him with a bit of water and stuff. But yeah, this is kind of the bit where they're like, they get nude. You yeah, know? and they're like, oh, this is you know, like yeah, and we get a little bit of Ursaranus in a in a bodysuit uh, at the end. So they kind of wash him off, and you know, they kind of get taken out of this area and ushered through. It's all very elaborate. There's a lot of staff I've noticed as well. Yeah. Like the overheads of running this place. I mean, not just to mention the equipment, but it's like... Good, it's a good question, that, isn't it? Like, where is where are Bond villains' main income source coming from? And also, like, with that number of employees, there must be some leaks. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, where, like, where does he hire these people from? What's yeah. his hiring policy and, like, what... Well, it's so true, yeah. Where, like, how does he... Job description... And can you ever quit? Com. You know, if you quit... And then you just go, don't work for him, mate. It's a nightmare. I tell you what, he's got a fuck off fish tank. Yeah, he's got a huge fish tank, and unnecessarily, oh, he, he's toppling rockets. Yeah, and you know what? Also weird. He's meant to be Chinese, but he's actually a white guy yeah, with makeup on. Well, I don't yeah, know if you've exactly. Heard that. Spoil yeah. it, but so they kind of go through this like double vault door kind yeah. of thing, which is kind of a cool set. Very this obvious, is so time. Cool. bit Star Trek in a way. Like there's like magenta lighting and yeah. all that stuff, but. They kind of basically emerge into Dr. No's hotel for uh, his enemies. Um, and there's the kind of two sisters. Sister, I think one of them is called like Sister Lily and Sister Ruby. Right. Or something. I don't know, I can't remember. But they offer him all kinds of cigarettes. There's all kind of different varieties. And he looks very suave in his baby blue terry toweling. Yeah, um, and the architecture's kind of like, it's like ski lodge meets yeah. sort of... Volcano, volcano <laughs> slash brutalist thing. It's really cool. Copper doors, Copper doors which I think is cool. a nice touch. Yeah. yeah, and so she introduces them to their room, and it's like, I mean, it's unbelievable the the kind of set. It's really well done. Mm. Um, so she said, if there's anything you need, blah blah blah, and they decide to drink the the coffee, which I'm not again not to be the man's just. Bear in mind, he's just had his a tarantula in his bedroom. Yeah, 
and he deliberately it seems like a bit of a um what's the word a bit of a fuck up on his part yeah absolutely because he's just gone through he's like he's a spy and he's just had a drink yeah in a, in a definitely in a villain's yeah. hotel yeah. so the hospitality the lady's done a good job because she's made them feel well yeah she's like oh my guard's down this is yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I just had a fantastic cigar I've just been sleeping on the beach for two days so I'll have a coffee yeah I will have a coffee and yeah just a glass of water would be fine thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm radioactive um, and so we have this creepy little tiny interlude which I don't mm. know if is necessary but Dr. No comes in with his lovely loafers and, <laughs> and he, this is the the first sort of hint of like what will become Doctor Evil's, like, you know, I guess they call it. Is it a Nehru suit? You know, the sort of like high collar. Yeah. Like it's that first hint of like, oh, villains dressing all in one kind yeah. of color and, and have one significant birth defect. Yes, gotta have a birth defect. Yeah, yeah. There's something so. that made them angry a long yeah. time ago. And it's never a birth defect of like, oh yeah, like I've got a, a, like one lung that's smaller than the other. No, yeah, it has exactly, to be yeah. a visually. Yeah, just a bit cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Doctor No comes in and, and has a sneaky look at Bond while he's sleeping. Yeah, which is just normal. Yeah. And then you kind of see them getting ready uh, to kind of go to dinner with with Dr. No. And they kind of go, I'm feeling a bit weird. Yeah, the coffee was drugged. Um, and I think Bond looks pretty cool in this. Like, he's wearing, like, a very contemporary suit, actually. Like, it's that is that Nehru collar. Yeah, green um, collar type thing. Yeah, it's kind of a brown jacket and then, like, you know tan trousers and, and like loafers his it's, fashion in the whole thing is, dead, is it's really very good. cool even what he's wearing in the, on the beach because I was when I was watching I was like he wears a lot of suits for a very warm climate yeah, yeah, yeah. but then as soon as he goes on his travels on the island he's wearing this like polar blue polar shirt like with, with jeans matching yeah. trousers it's so good yeah. um, and so and, and Dr. Knoll's obviously put put honey in a in a Chinese sort yeah. of style outfit as well, but um, which is kind of interesting. So they they kind of uh, kind of turn up at uh, Doctor No's kind of dining room and his entertaining area, which is again an amazing set. It's the kind of big, as you mentioned earlier, the kind of big villain centerpiece of like, here's my ego. I want this giant underwater yeah. view, yeah. Uh, and I love the the kind of fireplace and <laughs> everything's fantastic. And you've got the giant fish, which, again, I think the reason why they're giant is because they couldn't find any stock footage of fish at a smaller scale. Right. And so they just said, oh, it's the glass that magnifies it. But there's a really good line there as well, which is something along the lines of, uh, you know, fish made to look like whales or something. Yeah, I think it says minnows pretending they're whales, yeah. a bit like you on this island. Yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, good. and it kind of has a bit of a dig in. And this is like the first bit where you meet Dr. Yeah, Man's so... Face. Let's talk about Doctor No because yeah. it's it's Joseph Wiseman. He's a British guy, and they've done some shoddy racist makeup on him to make him look Chinese. Yeah, it's a bit like, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah in poor taste. I think. Well, yeah, it's just it's really interesting. Like I wouldn't, I, you just wonder the decision making process in that situation where you know because the the two sisters you're talking about, the hospitality mm. uh, women, they're they're Asian. Yeah, or, you know, and yeah. then you go. So why wouldn't you cast that? But I guess 1962, I don't know, different time. Yeah, I mean, maybe there was a snobbery around, you know, using Chinese actors. Maybe they would have felt, I don't know, it's an interesting one. It's like, what's the, um, what's the, the um, 
Lawrence of Arabia, mm. you know, same thing mm. where everybody in it is British actors, yeah. you know. And it's probably just like, a, it's probably a, a bit of a, a theatre thing, you know. Yeah. Like, it just comes from, you know, you just yeah, you cast people from the country and then... I mean, even if you look at the new Aladdin film, I mean, when I watched Aladdin, the animated one, when I was a child, I didn't even think Aladdin was was of a different ethnic background. He just no. looks like an American guy. Absolutely, yeah. And then obviously in the new film, they've kind of yeah. cast oh, it appropriately in a, in a way. So there, it is obviously massively different now. Yeah. So there's a bit of byplay with, with Dr. No and, and Bond, and they kind of have a few digs at each other. And... Uh, Again, this is the kind of signature villain takes Bond to dinner instead of just... He's tried to kill him. He's like, why haven't you killed Bond today? Yeah. And he's like, oh, do you know what? Change of tact. Come and eat some of my fine food and, and I'm going to show you my entire operation. It's And it is interesting because, again, yeah, like you could have killed him. You had him in the tank, the dragon tank. Yeah. You had him in the contamination chamber. He slept. You literally were... In his bedroom. You literally could have strangled him in his sleep. Yeah. But I think he kind of explains it over dinner, doesn't he? He says, you know, I thought that... Uh, he said, you embarrassed me, you embarrassed my organiser. I thought I thought there might be a place for you with Spectre. Ah, okay, yeah. And so Spectre, first mention of that organisation. And yeah. he says, you know, Spectre. And he says, special executive for counterintelligence. Terrorism, revenge and extortion. Well done. Uh, and which is a brilliant elaborate name and he says you know I thought there might be a, a kind of place for you there and I think Bond throws him an insult and he says unfortunately I misjudged you you are just a stupid policeman Dr. No's signature kind of pieces is his kind of robotic hands and he kind of crushes a little statue to prove that yeah. he's, he's kind of got a bit of they're not it's definitely like prosthesis and that kind of thing has a bit of a way to go doesn't it because they look they're just, just rubber gloves rubber gloves they? yeah they're just rubber gloves and um it looks like he's you know just got a bit of eczema or something you know interestingly this is where bond again i think out of i think i might be wrong this one's a little bit more out of protection than sexism but he says look this is no place for the girl yeah and dr Nell says yeah i quite agree and they take away but as she leaves yeah he kind of says a passing comment about i'm sure the the guards will entertain her or something like that and Bond gets quite angry. So the implication is there that they're going to have a little bit of fun with her, which is kind of quite harsh. Yes. And so Bond picks up the bottle of champagne and he says, you know, again, this is so Bond, this is so cocky Bond. He picks up the bottle of champagne as if he's going to hit one of the guards. And he said, oh, it'd be a shame to, it's a Dom Perignon 55, it'd be a pity to break it. And Bond says... I prefer the fifty three myself. So every every time every corner he has to he has to be, be one up on someone. Yeah, yeah. And, and kinda of go, I know better wine than you, you know. Yeah. Um so you know, they have, have dinner, he kind of explains his, his kind of plan and, and kind of Bond tries to smuggle a knife and whatnot and uh kind of puts up a bit of resistance to him and, and Doctor No can't break him down. So the guy comes to collect him to kinda of go away and do some of his bad shit. Yeah. Some of his toppling. And uh, and he says, soften him up a bit. And, uh, Good line. Yeah. yeah. And it's the first time you, like, which basically means beat the shit out of Bond. Yeah. And it's the first time you actually see him get hurt, which is interesting. He managed yeah, to I evade, thought about that. He managed to evade everything else, but this is the first time. And this is, like, quite late into the film now. It's actually yeah. interesting how late into the film you actually see Doctor No as well. Yeah. I mean, we're literally in the last... Three quarters. It's like the last quarter of the movie. Yeah. Right? So they do. They beat the fuck out of him. And he ends up in a, in a cell... 
and an interesting bit of set design, very claustrophobic and kind of cool, all like electrified. Uh, yeah, and like slanted walls and stuff, which are just like again, no arch- no architect would do that intentionally. Uh, but it looks uncomfortable. It looks amazing, yeah. And this is another bit where like you know like key movie moments that have then yep. gone on to be in every other movie, Metal Gear Solid games, or like yeah, this yeah. where he gets up and crawls through the air ducts. Yeah. And I just think, Huge air duct, by massive, the way. Yeah. I mean, they uh, are literally... They always like, are, aren't they? Like, And why are, why is seawater going through air ducts? Well, I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, they, oh, I mean, it's probably something to do with the nuclear shit. Yes. It kind yeah, of, he's probably radiated again. So they kind of... It's an interesting. It's almost like a bit of a... Uh, an obstacle course for yeah. Bond, in a way. So, again, we're testing Bond's metal all the time and seeing how much of a badass he could be. And, uh, you know, the water kind of washes over him and he survives that. And the heat, like the pipes get hot and he wraps his T-shirt around, sorry, his jacket around uh, his hands to kind of crawl through. And uh, he kind of makes it out the other end and uh, into the kind of heart of the operations. So he's he's kind of... Which is awesome set design. Like from now on, it's just... Yeah, this is from now on, it's like benchmark kind of (coughs) climactic scene, Bond villain stuff right yeah so he manages to get a, a kind of radioactive suit from some guy and, and kind of makes his way into the control room and has to take the place of I, th- I don't know what his plan was here no he picks up some papers and just starts walking around and <laughs> much like what my plan would be if I was yeah, to pretend I was a physicist for a moment yeah, just looking shifty basically <clears throat> yeah and I love how even the like again you know Dr. Nell's like Chang why aren't you up on the gantry and and, and so that's obviously who suit he stole. He's meant to be, yeah. So he goes back up onto the. And again, I love how the henchmen have the full face, like costume. Yeah. Doctor No's got. He's got one of the ones that's Just like completely cool, transparent, uh, and like yeah, full visibility. Yeah, I mean ridiculous suits. Uh, but it's such a cool wearing. set like it just looks it is quintessentially bad guy yeah kind of territory it's a bit it's a bit NASA it's a bit uh, like you say you know nuclear reactor Chernobyl type I thing I feel like as well like shows like Thunderbirds and yeah. stuff like that definitely stole from this where oh it was definitely like, you know big you know danger level big numbers huge, big wheels of yeah like turn and things that from the back of the cinema you can still read you know like oh that's the danger level you must have to be careful there and it's interesting because like nothing's digital like it's all everything's on tape or like yeah. old TV screens or like yeah like big Very vinyl numbers anyway so so Speaking yes. of Thunderbirds this bit is quite yeah funny. there's a bit of shonky model work in there which is you know can be excused I think um, so Bond tries to fuck shit up basically and turns a big wheel past the danger level markings classic and the water starts boiling like a big kettle yeah and um, and and so <laughs> Dr. No freaks out because he's like shit and they have to evacuate because the, the kind of radioactive levels have gone up and a fist fight ensues on the gantry and this is where Dr. No is hoisted on his own petard isn't he with his metal hands yeah he's they're not so good grip. now are they they're no. not so good now so you know he he kind of beats him down to what i think is the nuclear reactor yeah which it's is i mean spicy water again if yeah. you've seen chernobyl you don't want to be any no. you can't even get that close to a reactor without um, well that is also shit. a good point yeah yeah um so anyway he kind of falls into the reactor water and he's you know his metal hands are his comeuppance yeah and there's a couple of bits here that i find interesting yeah two points 
about this Bond villains. Well, the the different thing with this movie is, like I say, you only see Doctor No in the last fifteen minutes of the film, basically. Yeah. So you build this whole that the pacing of the film is really unusual, probably to what we're used to nowadays. Because normally, like I think, I feel like more and more these days, you see the bad guy a lot earlier, and yeah. you build and you're built up to despise him so much that when he dies, you're like you're like yeah, fuck, you know, you get really into it. Yeah. Whereas he appears really briefly, doesn't do anything particularly crazy. Yeah. And then he dies much like Red T-shirt Man, in <laughs> quite, quite <laughs> in quite a quite a quick. Like, yeah, it's a very it's brief like, exchange. Oh, right, okay, he's done, you know. Yeah, and, and that's the end of his operation. Like, I mean, literally, Bond has turned a wheel on a wall, and the whole fucking place is going to blow up. And, like, you know, I mean, there's a definitely design flaws. And if they'd have spent less time on the copper doors, who knows, they might yeah, have I think, fail-safed it a bit more. But the other thing that I think is interesting is, like, it comes back to that ego of a bad guy, and yeah. Bond to an extent, of like, no, no, no I'm not going to just kill you. I'm no. going to put you in this... Uh, this cell, which admittedly had a quite a quick way of getting out of it, didn't yeah. take very long. A quite a big air design, duct, yeah, you know, big, like, yeah, big air duct yeah. of a perfect human-sized air duct, yeah, um, with a bit of electricity guarding the garden thing. But point being that it's like they all want to play with, they want to play with each other, yeah. And then ultimately, he like that's a nice way of putting it. They enjoy the sort of like they do it's sadistic, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's like, like you know toying when you're a kid and you. Playing around with a bug in the garden or whatever, yeah. you know. Not that I was a sadistic child, but anyway. Um, well, well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so Bond kind of escapes, and he looks pretty badass here, I think, because he's all beaten up now. This is the, this is a bit where he looks like a quintessential movie hero. Yeah, think, he does that bit there. Yeah, he's got we... the torn shirt. His hair's a bit <laughs> messed up, and he's looking for the girl. You know, he's kind of like, where is she? Yeah. And I don't know if you read about this, but the kind of end scene where he obviously kind of. He gets shown, you know, he kind of asks someone where she is and, and, and they kind of show him. And Honey Rider's tied up yeah. in a in a big room where there's water coming in. Yeah. And, like, basically what was meant to happen there was there was meant to be giant crabs that were going to... Did you know about this? I, I'd only just heard about this. Please go. Yeah, so, like, they, they kind of... What they did was they shipped these giant... I think they were like spider crabs or like the yeah. big exotic crabs that look pretty awful. Yeah. I don't know what the crabs were going to do. Other than no, and this is presumably around. at this stage not... This is this is back in London, right? At Pine exactly. Studios or whatever. And so yeah. they shipped all of these over. But what they did was they shipped them all on ice. And basically a huge amount of crabs Lost died lives. in transit, basically. Yeah, and I, yeah again... Of the time. Of the time, yeah. I mean, I don't think, yeah, Peter were involved in that. Um, but is, is that the right choice? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mean Peter. Yeah, how is he? Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> loves was not cra- he loves crabs. So, anyway, so effectively she's just basically tied up and waters. The implication is that the water levels are going to rise. But again, just shoot her. Yeah, you know? no, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, everyone's running around and this is kind of like, we're wrapping things up now, you know, this is Quite quickly, I must say. Very quickly. And I, I was going to say that, that, again, these early Bond films, it's literally like mission over, you know, they kind of jump in a boat. And a lot of the early films, like, spoiler alert, I don't know if you're going to carry on watching them on stand, but like, a lot of them finish with Bond in a boat or a life dinghy in the first yeah. ones with a girl. Yeah. And they have a smooch. That's it. Like, it literally, they escape an explosion, and then it's like... And the other thing you'll notice as well, so basically, you know, they get in a boat, he manages to kind of kick people off. She's pretty good in this scene, like, she's... She's pretty badass. She she's climbs really badass. 
Oh. The whole place explodes. The whole model explodes. Explodes, and they're kind of drifting along. They've run out of petrol, and Felix comes along to to give them a tow. Yeah. And a lot of effort goes into kind of throwing them a rope and giving them a tow, and then Bond decides. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. I'll just let go of it. On the taxpayers' money. Taxpayers' as well. money, and also like, what do the what does Felix and the military do? Do they just go? Oh, we'll give him like ten minutes. Yeah. Well, exactly. We'll well, where do they like, go? Yeah, because they can't just leave him floating there. Which they went, they go away, and they come. Oh no, no, not yet. No, he's still he's still doing the things. Oh, I've just seen him. Oh, yeah, I've just got seen his pecker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then it's literally like the end. And the interesting thing is, like back then, you know, movie credits, like we had the title sequence yeah. with everyone who's involved. That served the purpose of like that was everyone involved. When you look at like you know even the end of Game of Thrones, where there's about 20 different CG studios yeah. involved. The credits go on for like four minutes. Yeah. This literally just says, filmed in Jamaica and Pinewood Studios, the end. <laughs> it's just, it, which is kind of It's incredible. got a very iconic end, the end though, like the the V and the end on either side on of the boat. On either side of the boat, it's pretty yeah, cool. I like that. And then obviously it finishes on the gun barrel, which again, I kind of, we kind of skirted over that, which was, you know, there's this kind of like, uh, the gun barrel motif in the opening credits where, yeah. so, that, for some reason, must have really kind of sparked the imaginations of the producers who were like, that needs to be in every single film, which is kind of an interesting choice, you know. It was this guy just, who just kind of comes on and, and kind of... Pr- it very One of the things that with the gun barrel that I find interesting is like, it's a very strange image, if you think about it. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like someone looking down a gun barrel, which is a very obscure thing anyway. Yeah. Bond turning and basically shooting them, and then blood trickling down over it it's just it's a bit abs- yeah I know what you mean it's very abstract but very cool like, I would <laughs> never have if they'd have said oh we need some sort of signature yeah. title thing I don't know if that's what I would have gone with no. I mean, maybe that's the sign of a genius but I think that's true and that's the thing with all this like again you remember like none of this stuff existed until this movie right so yeah, it's exactly. like that's the last that's the first time you see that and it was a bit it's a little bit like I mean you know it's a bit shonky let's be yeah. honest but um and there's a like little bit of it where it felt a little bit like Uncle, not Uncle Ben. What's the um, Uncle Ben? No, that's the Rice Man. Yeah, um, he's, he's great though. Uh, Mr. Kipling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then what's the cartoon? Uh, uh, oh, I forget. It. Anyway. Oh yeah, no, Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with names. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, like, there's a bit. Of, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bit of Mr. Ben about it, but yeah. Um, but it was cool. No, it's cool. So, so that's kind of that's Doctor to know. What was? What did you find the most sexist moment? Which is an interesting question. I don't know why I put that as a question. I, I think I, I don't know if you could pick one out. Yeah, it's like there is just this sort of undercurrent, of undercurrent it. of like dispensable women in it, which is interesting. And I'm not, you know, it sounds like I'm a some you know male feminist, but the um, but there are, there are obviously some classic, there's some classic lines. Yeah, and I think you and the, you know the um, what was it? I don't need to get. Dishpan hand. Dishpan hand. I think that could be that my is favorite. up there for sure. Is it bad that I quite like that line? And is it bad that I quite like some of the sexism in this? You know, in a in a in a way of like, it's a it's a it's a product of its time, you know. Yeah, no, it is, and I think it it plays him it plays him up as a particular the focal point, right? Yeah. So there's no if you think about it, there's no one no one you know, women aside, there's no one else. Everybody looks a bit. Dispensable. Oh right, yeah, to, like bit, to, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to bond. Like, is yeah, it, absolutely. It's like you know, every, he dismisses people very easily because he's kind of, you know, there's only really one bit in this film where he actually gets 
tested. Yeah, true. And uh, and then the rest of it, everything's pretty easy. Really, yeah, because he's quite he's, a, he's one step ahead of everybody. Yes, yeah, so it, it does. It kind of makes him yeah, it puts him up a level against everyone It else. does. I put in here the most cringe. What was the most cringe-worthy moment? Now, I guess for me, the kind of the kind of cringe-worthy bits are. The bits where I'm kind of like, oh god, that's just shit. You know, like yeah. that's really bad. And I think tank for me is just like, oh, take it. Oh, I wish it yeah, the tank just cut that great. out. You know, like it just doesn't done very well. And also, it means Quarrel died. I didn't want Quarrel. No, died. I wanted him to just be. I, I like to think Quarrel's somewhere better, yeah. drinking his rum from his. From yeah, he's still floating in the water somewhere. But I don't know if there are any other cringeworthy moments. It's pretty tight and it's pretty. Straight down the line, isn't it? There's I think no, there's, like, there's like bigger, there's bigger cringeworthy moments like the, the Asian makeup or whatever. Right? Oh, moving shit, up, moving. Why there's me saying the tank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like that's like as a as a construct, that's yeah. pretty bad. But if we're just like on the more of the sort of shonky side of things, oh, the, yeah. I think I do find I found this the most. I suppose the most off-putting thing was the sound of the silencer at the beginning oh, with, with the blind, yeah, closing three blind the cupboard door, yeah. and I think. Uh, I feel like the, those three, those the three blind mice was just a really random bit of it that like weird assassins. Yeah, weird assassins turned out terrible assassins as terrible, well. Terrible. Don't know what they've been doing to couldn't get that drive. Job. No, couldn't drive. Why a hearse? Oh god, headlights. Yeah, Don't, yeah, yeah. Oh you know. yeah, that was. Yeah. So there's a few things like that that I thought were, and then there's some obviously some like little bits where you're like you could you know like just stuff like for instance you were talking about before when she's like going through the decontamination thing yeah. and then clearly can see she's wearing a swimsuit yeah, you know, before yeah, they yeah, give the yeah, towel yeah. but oh, no. you know you forgive it because I think that's kind of what makes it a bit um, yeah. and, and think... obviously we watch everything on digital copies and on Blu-ray and stuff and like yeah, and we but then you were, it and, you, know... you watched it in the cinema and that was it you know that well exactly so um, any best moments any favourite moments of the film I, there's some really I mean just from a pure like art direction perspective there's some beautiful bits like the bit where they pull up to when um, what's the uh, the rock specialist called? Uh, Professor Dent. <laughs> Professor Dent. Yeah. He um, like when he pulls up to the uh, crab key. There's some yeah. beautiful shots there that you yeah. Think, yeah they're just really nicely picked. Yeah. And I I do I, I love the bits where he's kind of on his own putting the hair across the wardrobe yeah, and just the little cool. like proper spy bits where you go that's just smart well I think that's you know the most Bondian moment as well yeah. like that's very cool very kind of very Bond any one one interesting thought I always have is like if you were to cast this film now oh yeah you know who would you put in so for instance who would you put in the in the in the kind of it's interesting, like, for a start, I would probably put some Asian actors in yeah, there. Yeah, ideally, yeah, uh, I think that would be good. Some, some great Chinese actors. And you'd probably need to put a couple of pretty kick-ass, powerful women in there as well. I, I was going to say, like, out of some of the kind of actresses around now, you know, like, you've got the Honey Rider character, you've got some of those, like, yeah. vicious characters. Um, it would be interesting to see how it would be cast Yeah, you'd kind of nowadays. want, like, your Kill Bill Uma Thurman in there or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she's you know, pretty badass. You want something... I mean, the other thing that was interesting, just on casting, which I didn't realise, and I, I when I was watching this, I messaged you, Yeah, is, like, I didn't realise that Ursula... Um, what's Ursula Andress? Andress. Yeah, she's all dubbed the whole movie. Yeah, so that's not her. That's real a very voice. good point. So yeah, and someone dubbed. else in the movie is as well. I think. I think quite a lot of characters are dubbed, and Nikki Vanderzil, who dubbed Ursula Andress, yeah. ended up dubbing. We're talking dozens of female characters in the Bond films up until the late. Because 70s. they presumably just picked beautiful women that are like models. Because she yeah. went like I don't know, like nineteen twenty or something. Yeah, like that. and then 
Turns out she's got quite a strong Swiss accent yes, or Dutch exactly. accent Which is or something. Hilarious. Yeah, and then we'll they... deal with it in post. But you, I didn't even notice, really. No, I mean it's very well done. <laughs> yeah. It's very well done, but uh, yeah, interesting that again you wouldn't do that nowadays. No, it's like, oh well, she looks the part, you know. It's well, such exactly. a one 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 dimensional casting. So yeah, I think that would be it, and I think I don't know. I mean, I, I do, I, it's interesting how you think again, like first movie, how you can hire someone like. You know, does Sean Connery make the role or does the role make him? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because you can't imagine that character, James Bond, without Sean Connery. There's yeah. obviously other Bonds that people resonate with. But if, you're, if you've if you watched enough of them, you, yeah. he's, the, he's, the, he's the one. Yeah, absolutely. And you wonder what came first almost. Well, I think, I might be wrong, but I think the, the director definitely brought like... In, in kind of casting Sean, he was a bit of a rough diamond. You know, he's right. got a thick Scottish accent. And yeah, the accent. He's actually covered in tattoos. And, and Is he? Yeah, he's, and you can, you can actually see it in a few of the scenes. They try to cover his forearm tattoos right. and there's like a grey under... You can actually kind of see under the oh. makeup. But I think he was... The, I think certainly the director um, and, and kind of the, the kind of producers really kind of... I guess gave Sean the tools you know they yeah. gave him the right suits they're going to sleep in his tailored suit right. for a few nights like they yeah, yeah, yeah. they talked him how to walk but they, one of the things that got him the job was the producer said he, he walked like a panther and you know he's kind of I think he just had that swagger presence from the start and the presence yeah. the physical presence that I think definitely added to the, the Bond character uh, but I think it's I, I guess it sounds like it was a pretty 50-50, quite an organic process. Yeah, it's kind of perfect for it. You can't really imagine no, anybody it's else pretty amazing. doing that. So that's Doctor No. So would you would you recommend it in 2019 to anyone? Would you or would you be kind of like, oh no, I'd be embarrassed to recommend this to a non-Bond fan? Yeah, I think it's I, I, knowing how much you love it. Yeah, I think it's a hard. It's not an easy watch. Yeah, I think like I, agree. I think it's it, it's a little bit. It's edited in ways that subconsciously don't make sense to how I what how things are edited now you know for yeah. instance and I think and even just the dialogue is so um inaudible <laughs> at, at points is difficult it's literally difficult to yeah to but I, but I, so so the answer is I, I I would I think it would make it a brilliant and make an amazing they made it they've not done a remake of it like no, the, no. they would make an amazing remake because the setting's beautiful I love yeah. I love the, the idea that you know, it was it was written in Jamaica and yeah. you know, it started in Jamaica. Sorry, and then it was you know obviously the main pretense of it is in Jamaica. Yeah, but there's a few bits in it. I actually think the first twenty minutes are a bit difficult, and yeah. then I think you get makes a lot more sense, and it's really really interesting after that. But yeah. the first twenty minutes feel really like quite clunky. Yeah, and then it gets into all the brilliant charm of yeah. what a James Bond film is, and I think if you can get over the first. 15 20 minutes of it you're probably onto a good you're probably onto a good thing yeah yeah i think that's fair i think uh it is it's it's there's a few elements in there which are it's a product of his time it's quite not the ref, the well-oiled bond machine yeah. yet and also just the pacing of films from yeah. that era much slower to the tastes that we were kind of used to i guess now um so yeah so there you that's, go that's it my, my recommendation is get past the first 15 minutes and then you're good to go. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Alex. You're welcome, uh, Edward. Thanks for, thanks for watching it. Thanks to Alex there for joining me on the pilot episode, the sort of test bed for 
Octopody uh, back in October 2019. I've been a little bit slow trying to get this episode together just as I work out what the podcast is all about. Um, I just wanted to do a bit of a shout out to some of the other James Bond community that have sort of um, got us to the point where there are several podcasts and uh, YouTube channels and things like that around. Obviously, James Bond Radio, Being James Bond, uh, The James Bond Experience, um, all those guys and many, many more uh, have been a huge inspiration and, of course, uh, have kind of given license to people like me to to get out into the community and to, and to kind of join in. So, so, yeah, so thanks to those guys for everything they do. Octopody. Octopody. Octopody.